rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Yo, what's going on? Yo, what is a go? Hi, my name is Tara Devlin. The camera's not focused. And let me try focusing it. After Ron Placone told me how to focus it, it changed my life. Thank you, Ron. Yes. All right. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you, everyone. We are usually we meet every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And that hair is still sticking up. Look at that. After three days. Um, and we are read broadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes. We also meet during the week. And I'm trying to make this a more regular weekday thing. I don't know. Trying to get to the point where we have a daily show during the week and then the weekends will have a weekday special. Won't that be great? Hello on the super chat there, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Already. That's what I'm saying. Jim comes right out of the gate. He, I bring the receipts and Jim brings the super chat. Thank you, Jim. Always. It's like somebody who always pays his, his cover charge or something. You know what I mean? Thank you. And welcome, Darth. Welcome, Patricia. Welcome, Shannon. Hello, Thank you so much for hanging out. Oh, and Patricia, thank you for your super chat. Yes, Jim must really, he's got, uh, he's got some, he's a man of means. He must be. That's okay. We all do what we can. And Shannon with the super chat. Everyone is competing with the super chats here. Thank you. All right. Um, there's a lot going on. That's why I was like, let's do a show. I want to do a show for my mental health, considering I walk a very fine line. Another super chat. Holy God, Deborah. This is insane. The super chats are, I don't even know what to do. I feel overwhelmed by them. This is insane, but thank you. And yeah, come on over to the YouTube channel if you're watching on any other venue. We do broadcast on Facebook and Twitch and on Periscope. But everyone's just hanging out at YouTube. So come on over to the RDT Daily Facebook, uh, YouTube. Why do I, I guess it's always because I say Facebook and YouTube channel. So um, come on over to the RDT Daily YouTube channel and... That would be youtube.com slash C slash RDT Daily. Uh, RDT Daily Media. Yes. And you could also Google my name and Tara Buster. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm hip. I'm hip. And you can come and join us. So whatever. I don't know. Or not. Do what you want to do. What do you want me to do? Really? What can I do? I just, I'm I'm here. You want to be here? Good. I'm glad you're here. You're welcome. But I can't force you to do what you don't want to do. 
That's what I learned living in this country. And also, well, running a website, too. That's another thing. It's a very frustrating affair, running a website. And partly because it's not, you know, you think it would be, you think it would be, I don't know, easier. It's not. And I know it's hard getting people to do things. That's this is the bottom line because I get it. Everybody's inundated with please click here, do this, become a patron here, donate there. So when we have, we have a lot of people who like the Facebook page, the RDT daily Facebook page. And if each one of those Facebook likes translated into a dollar a month, we would be set. We would be able to have a show and then some, but it just doesn't. And eh, whatever, who cares? I keep, I know I'm complaining a lot lately. Is a complaint, complaining is a waste of energy, I feel. It's a waste of, it's a waste of air. So I don't really like complaining. It's not complaint. It's sort of, there's a difference between complaint and processing. Do you know what I mean? So you have to take assessment of things and you have to feel figure out what's working, what's not working. But yeah, I do see a future in I see a future in the show. I do. I see a future cuz you know why? Because you're there. That's why. If I was doing the show and nobody was here, why would I do the show? I'd have to be, be, might as well just talk to myself in the mirror, which I do that as well. And it ain't fun. I don't, I mean, please, I can't go into this mind alone. I gotta take backup with me. I need you there with your, I need uh, (laughs) bringing your flashlight and your gun. Thank you. It's a bad neighborhood. We don't want to go in there alone. So I need all the help I can get going in there. But if I didn't see you guys, I would be like, why? Why Why would I even bother? It's not ah, whatever. This this country is screwed up. I, I was even, I've been telling you this too, you guys, because I'm like, I wish my grandmother had stayed in Ireland. And if you're a conservative listening to the show, you might be saying the same thing. I wish your grandmother had stayed in Ireland too. But I have no problem with that. If you don't want me being here, conservatives, do me a favor and start a GoFundMe page and I will gladly take you up on it. Get a GoFundMe page of saying, let's get this terror buster bitch out of town out of this country once and for all, and I'll do it. I got family back in Ireland. I could sleep on their couch, I guess, for a couple of months until I get my shit together. And I guess it's always, the grass is always greener on the other side, but we're talking about the United States of serfs and lords. How much worse can it get? Yeah, all right, it can always get worse. Whenever I ask that question, I'm like, How much worse can it get? And then the universe laughs. 
How much worse can it get? Well, here you go. You think you hit bottom. There goes the trap door open and you're going spiraling down into Dante's 15th circle of hell. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's not a, it's, nothing is guaranteed. I, I understand being somebody who's in recovery. I also practice Buddhism, or at least I try. And one of the tenets of Buddhism is there's, I'm trying to get it together in my mind. I'm not a scholar or anything, but that the 10 worlds, 10 worlds. So we, you, life is, can be, let me see, let me see if I can get this uh, before I sound weirder. What's a good explanation? They are, the 10 worlds are sort of, we exist within these 10 worlds. You, you can, it's in your mind though, ultimately. It's not like a real world. Everything is in your head. And that's one thing I like about Buddhism too. Because we talk about, because that's really what it is. Hell, in fact, one of the, the writings of Nietzsche and Daishonin says, hell exists in your five foot body. I guess he was short, so there is no hell. It exists in your head. Well, it exists here. This is, if anything is hell, this is it. But the ten worlds are what we experience as human beings from moment to moment in our heads. Uh, and sometimes it feels like bliss. Sometimes it feels like enlightenment when you're in, let's say if you're in a new relationship, you're in love and oh, everything looks great suddenly and then all of a sudden your lover breaks up with you and you go into the pits of despair that's how tenuous the worlds are and then the only real uh the only world it's really a mass matter of mastering your mind so that's enlightenment and where you realize everything is temporary everything is it really is a mind game, and you don't let the 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 winds the the four winds or whatever sway you. But as far the reason I brought up the ten worlds is because in the philosophy of the ten worlds, um, you are closer to Buddhism, the the enlightened state of Buddhism, when you are in hell. So hell and Buddhism, hell and the Buddhist state, which everybody can have, Buddhism, Buddhist just means a Buddha is an enlightened being. So there's not like one enlightened being. And so I get that. I understand that so as somebody who is in recovery, because I know what it's like to be in the pits of despair and to be in, enlightened to be free, to have an epiphany, to 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 un, to be willing to change at that point, you know what I mean? Somebody's texting me. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Another kitten. What? You see what I mean? There are three kittens. Wait, hold on, guys. 
Grab those motherfuckers. Oh, anyway. You see what happened? I always get... Nobody contacts me unless there's an emergency. It's always a trauma. Nobody's calling me like, Hey, here's the best news I ever got for you. Here you go. There's always like some catastrophe happening. And something that's going to keep me up in the middle of the night. Yeah, you know, I do work with the New York City Feral Cat Initiative and this one community that I help take care of. We TNR'd the community for the most part. We thought we had them all. And I don't know, somebody might have dumped a new one in there. People suck, you know. And now there are kittens. And we're trying to capture the kittens so we can give them homes before they have to live on the streets. And I've been going back there trying to catch the kittens. I haven't seen them at all. No one's seen them. And it's shit. And uh, anyway, the lady that I know is texting me saying that there's three kittens now. Wonderful. Well, fucking catch them then. What can I say? You know what I mean? Why am I you texting me in the middle of a show? There are three kittens now. We'll fucking get them. That's what I want to tell you. Get them. Oh my god. You see what I mean? Help me help me everyone. <sighs> Okay, what am I supposed to do? Okay, you saw a third kitten. Do you need my permission to fucking catch it? I guess so. Uh, what am I? I think maybe they think I'm some kind of superhuman. I'm just going to fly down there and grab the kitten for them. Well, if your eyeballs are on the kitten, then get the fucking kitten. For God's sakes. I do not see a kitten in here. Sending me pictures of... Does anybody see a kitten in this photo? No. Looks like a bunch of junk. Is there a kitten in there? I feel like I like this lady. You know, she's a nice person. I need to calm down a little because I feel like saying like, well, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Get it. Capture it. If you're there, c capture the fucking kitten. Get him. I don't see a kitten in this pile of rubble either. I know, Shannon. It's okay. Breathe. But it's like, you know, lady, what do you want me to do? Get it. Oh, oh God. That's what I'm saying, right? Shannon, on, I mean, Haiku on the chat. Get the kittens and call me for the arrangement. Yeah, if you, you're there, what am I supposed to do? Anyway, relax. 
We're doing a show. I'm not going to worry about the kitten right now. It's like crazy. Well, I, I anyway, really, why? Why am I being contacted like this? Third kitten. This one's a little bigger. Okay, here's a picture of fucking rubble. Okay, get the kitten then, if you can get it. What do you want me to do? I've been there every fucking day trying to capture the kitten. Where have you been? I'm the one who found homes for the kittens, too. Okay? Me and somebody else. Another guy. Me and another guy. So, okay. Oh, nothing ever. It, it's really... No wonder this world is all fucked up. So let's just do the show. I'm sorry, everyone. If you're watching the show for the first time, you're probably like, what is this fucking show? And why would I want to be a patron? It sucks. The show sucks. She's rambling. She's talking about Buddhism. She's talking about kittens. What, do, what does it all mean? I don't know. It all, it's all, it all makes sense one day. Maybe, maybe, maybe when I finally go into the light, I'll be like, finally, it made sense. And my shirt says, we'll trade racists for refugees. If anybody was, anybody gave a shit. We have a RDT Daily merchandising shop. If you become a patron at different levels, you'll be able to get some, you could buy anything you want, but if you become a patron, blah, 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 I'll send you some stuff, you know, you'll get, and I will send out, if you, if you, um, became a patron and you didn't get a window cling, they keep calm and join the resistance window cling. You have to send me your address. Okay. Cuz I don't it doesn't come up. If you want one, I'll send it to you. And I will send the uh Cindy Sin City. I will you will be getting a you will be getting a new cling. It was requested. Thank you. I got it. Yeah, we're all on edge. I'm on edge. I'm on F and edge. Can you tell? I'm like walking the fine line, but I don't know. I'm trying my best. I'm out there yesterday at this place, which I can't tell you where it is because human beings suck. And then somebody might hear the show and be like, oh, that's where you can dump your animals. I, it just so happens I have a cat that's pregnant. Now I'm going to dump them down there because I don't give a shit. So, anyway, I was out there yesterday all day in the fucking 95-degree heat trying to catch kittens. Anybody ever try to catch a kitten? In, especially one that didn't want to be caught? Has anybody ever tried to catch two kittens that didn't want to be caught? Mm, yeah, it's not that easy. And we had traps... This is for the second week in the row. And, yeah, we were unsuccessful, and it breaks my heart because these kittens have homes waiting for them. They have nice lives waiting for them, and it just poured outside. 
and sleeted. Even it's hot out, and all of a sudden there was a thunderstorm, and and all I could think of was the little kittens outside in the in the weather, and wait until it gets cold. So, please. <sighs> all right. What was I saying? So when you're in hell, <laughs> I know it well. I've been there. It's you're on the precipice. You're in, I, I you're in, you're closer to enlightenment. So my whole point of this whole thing, I don't know how I, I I've been on the goddamn air for twenty minutes now. It's been kittens. It's been me having a near breakdown. It's been the chat room super chatting me back into some kind of semblance of reality and talking me off the ledge. Do you realize that this show is like, I, I call it therapy for the resistance, but it's really my therapy. So I appreciate it. I do have a therapist as well. I should get him on the show sometime. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> oh my God. You should get him. I wonder what he writes too. That's another thing. He sits there writing when I'm talking to him. Always writing. I really want to get a glimpse of his record on me. What the hell could he be writing? It's just, I don't know, maybe he's just doodling nothing. I want to know what he writes. It's got to be good. Well, at least interesting, I would think. Anyway, so my point being that... Because it sucks so incredibly right now, we are, we either have a, we have a choice. We can come out better or we can continue to be unconscious and we can continue to spiral down further into hell because it can always get worse. Really. That's what they say. Oh, how, how bad can it get? It could always get worse. This could get worse. Of course it can. What's going on in this country? We have a lot of stupid people in this country. That are, they're just stupid. And they're not in touch with their feelings. I think I'm too in touch with my feelings. That's what sucks. Sometimes I wish I was less in touch with my feelings. I remember watching Star Trek The Next Generation. There was an episode where Data, the android, in one episode, he he was implanted with an emotions chip. And by the end of the episode, he was crying, take it out, take it out, because it was too much. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Take it out. I can't work like this. I can't do I can't get up in the morning like this. Take this goddamn chip out. And but on the other side it's worse. I have to say then I'm thinking about cuz sometimes I think it must be nice, not nice, but something. It must be easier to be a sociopath in in a way. Not care about anybody else. Not think about everybody else's feelings and worry about things all the time. Worry about kittens, you know? Little homeless kittens. 
And really, this world, wouldn't it be a lot better if, if this world did worry about homeless kittens? Everybody did. We really had that kind of enlightened state of me, of being. But, yeah. Like, for... But, but then I think about somebody like Twitler. And... And what I have read, I don't know, as far as being a sociopath is concerned. Sociopaths are the... Uh, there's a high incidence of suicide with people who are sociopaths. Not every sociopath is a <clears throat> is is somebody you know like a psychopath or a murderer and so but they are uh tormented some to the point where many of them end up taking their own lives but you know that would never be that would never be twitler oh okay so the lady just texted me. I'll try tomorrow. I didn't say anything to her. I'll try tomorrow to get the kitten. Good. Good. That's what I would have said. Get it. Get the fucking thing. And then, if you can, pick it up. Put it in a carrier. And I'll fucking come get it. And then I'll bring it to the other motherfucker who wants to foster it. That's how it works. Don't call me and send me pictures of rubble. I, I guess there's a kitten in there somewhere. It hurts me. I hate that. I try. I do my part. Don't you think I like to sit at home and stare at my goddamn navel for one minute, maybe? Instead of going around, running around looking for kittens? <laughs> Riding around. <laughs> right, somebody called. I think I saw a kitten. I'll be right there, Darth. <laughs> Shit. I love them all. I want to save them all. Somebody texted me, not texted, on email, saying that there was a... This is how useless people are, okay? I live here in Queens. They're like, there's a report. I got it because I'm on the New York City Feral Cat Initiative list. And in my neighborhood, you know, because I took the TNR course. And so someone, I guess, called them that there was a cat on the street that had something wrong with its mouth. And that's all the information they gave. Yeah, there's a cat on the street. It has, nothing, it has something wrong with its mouth. And I'm like, okay, where? And they're like, 48th Street, blah, 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 whatever. And I, so what did I, I get on my fucking bike. I'm like riding all over the, the neighborhood. I, I don't see any, what, where? Don't they have any information? Who? Who called this, them? You know what I mean? That's how useless people are. They're like, oh, uh, yeah, there's a cat with a mouth problem. Bye. And now we all have to go and find the cat? You could have done a little bit more due diligence. Oh, they did their part. I I don't know. It's just drop the ball. Here you go. Here's the ball. Take it. And I don't know. People just don't make it easy. That's the problem. They don't make it fucking easy on you. To they're not easy to I don't know. 
I better shut up. I was going to say they're not easy to love. They're not. They're not. They're not easy to get along with. I, but that's not true. I don't know. It all depends. Whatever. I've had a lot of therapy. I need some more. As it, as we, look, but you know who else needs therapy? Let's just get into the really why we're here to discuss. It's not our mental illness or my mental illness. We're not, I'm not that bad. You know what I mean? I'm not. You're not. It's the people who don't think they are mentally ill. That's the ones who have to be, we have to be aware of. Those are the ones that do the damage. Really. It's the truth. Like, for instance, did you see, I'm sure you did, these two idiots with their assault weapon and the lady with the handgun on the lawn, standing there with bare feet, the the idiot bloated, unhinged, and privileged. What a deadly combination. It's the triple threat of conservatism. Now, they, th- in their minds, you see, this is why I know that we win. We will win. Progressives will win. Conser- not conservatives, because they're on the wrong side of not only history, but humanity. And they always have to proclaim themselves. They, they have to illegitimately adopt cons- uh, progressive or, I'm not even saying progressive, but they have to adopt the uh, excuses, so to speak, that, oh, they were the victims. So they have to pull on progressive heartstrings, you know? How that but they're they're full of shit. They are the oppressors. Now they're saying, Oh, I gotta show you first before before you guys before we continue. Let me play this if you guys didn't see it, just so everybody's on the same page. The the lady they're they're called well, they're going by Karen and Ken McCluskey. Why they always? It's that's another thing. I'm Irish. I, I don't know if they're Scottish, McCluskey, or or Irish. So why is it always Irish? Like McKaylee, McCanny, or whatever the hell her name is. McLuck, what the fuck? He's got to give the Irish a bad name. Or there's so many of them in Twitler's Twitler surrounding Twitler. And let me just show you before we continue. Look at him. I just look at him. I was just looking on the page there. Ugh, look how gross he is. Look how disgusting. He is really bloating up terribly. I, you know, this is what happens when you're stuffing your feelings with the carcasses of cows in the middle of the night. He's up tweeting. He's watching Hannity. He's not happy. No one loves him. 
He's trying to find he's he needs his narcissistic supply. He's all over Twitter. He's getting attacked on Twitter, but then he has he has a lot of uh, supporters there too, like the the white power crowd at the villages, right? We're not going there yet. We'll go there soon. But let me play this this video that sums it up. This these two what's their names? These two fucking oh my god. Look at this. Look at them. Unbelievable. Husband and wife made national news when photos captured them pointing guns at protesters Sunday night outside their central West End home. During the protest, images and videos showed Mark McCloskey, 63, holding a rifle, and his wife, Patricia McCloskey, 61, pointing a handgun at the crowd of about 300 protesters. Unbelievable. These entitled, bloated, and privileged mother effers. They're saying, oh, they, 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 it was a gated community. They were invading private property. Tough shit. Too bad. What do you think the Boston Tea Party was? That was a million dollar act of vandalism. But. No, that was those were our founding fathers. I thought they were all about freedom. Look at these two. So uh, this KMOV Channel 4. Let me find the video. So we'll play the video. Um, it's unreal. They, there's no reason for them to go out there and point guns at anybody. First of all, at all, let them walk by. Tough shit. They were on your private property. You got to run out there like uh, you think you're some kind of minute man, an idiot, your idiot wife with her, her gun pointed at people. She's with, you know, she has her finger on the trigger, not around the, 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 what do you call that part? I don't remember. She's ready to, she's not only, but the, the other thing is they're pointing at each other too. They're wa waving it around. Who's to say you could just shoot somebody? Now, uh, in this report, of course, she's, they say that, oh, oh my. We were Meryl. under attack. Here we go. Carolina Cruson's home to demand her resignation. After she read off the names and addresses of those who wanted to fund the police department during a Facebook Live last week. News 4's Emma Hogue spoke with that couple today. Emma is live for us tonight in the Central West End. Claire, Steve, I want to show you that gate protesters managed to get through last night. Take a look. You'll notice this is a private street considered private property. Tonight whoopee, whoopee, oofing, fucking doopy. Considered private property? That's no reason to go out menacing people with assault weapons. Unless you're a tiny little overprivileged white goon. Of course they're Trumpanzies. Of fucking course they are. Now they're internet famous. 
But of course, wait, it continues. So they have to present themselves as the victims. In Twitler's America, unfortunately, you, th- uh, this is not, it's not working for Twitler. See, in Twitler's America, white people, these overprivileged white idiots, are, they're the victims. And anybody who is demanding a seat at the table are the victimizers. When it's not going over well. Maybe it works in your Trump and Z rally. It works at the Klan rally. Yeah, you got that base locked up, Twitler. We know it. That's yours. You can have them. You got the Southern strategy down. But it's not working for the rest of us, however they try. Now, you notice whenever Twitler, whenever Kaylee Mackin, whatever the hell her name is, gets in front of a camera, they talk about the rioters, the vandalizers, and trying to make the Black Lives Matter protests into uh, just give the the appearance to anybody who is stupid enough to believe the filthy, disgusting Republican propaganda fascist kiss-up, kick-down America-hating party they that uh, they are uh, somehow, you know, um, standing up for law and order and anything uh, that is an alternative is chaos, chaos on the streets. If we have a country that works for all, if we have a, a system that isn't in, it work, that doesn't just work specifically and solely for the one percent, it's it's not law and order. It's chaos. Here, let's continue. Protesters tell me they were peaceful the entire time, but that couple I spoke with says they were threatened. It was like the storming of the Bastille. The gate came down and. How appropriate an analogy, the storming of the Bastille. When, when was that? When the French people said, enough, we're not taking this shit anymore. It was like the storming of the Bastille. These people don't even realize when they're being ironic. Yeah, it's a class war, motherfucker. It was like the storming of the Bastille. A bunch of people walking by. That's the storming of the Bastille. You know what happened in the storming of the Bastille? It was not the storming of the Bastille. If that was the case, they would have the Karen and Ken's heads on pikes right now. Instead of sitting there like the little whiny little bitch victims that they are. When, they, when the women went after Marie Antoinette, they tried to, as they were searching for her through her castles, they were screaming, I'll take her leg. I'll have an arm. They were going to eat her. Because they were sick of starving. They're like, I'll get her. I want her neck. I want her thigh. I want her leg. They had had enough. Look at this asshole calling in the media. And he'll find plenty of right-wing fascist propaganda outlets to give him a platform. In fact, Matt Getz, 
that disgraceful uh, excuse for a human being, the lick spittle. Uh, he's America's Herman. What is he? Not Herman. I was gonna say he's America's Herman Cain. <laughs> Not Herman Cain. He's another one. <laughs> Rudolf Hess. They all mix in your mind, you know? <laughs> he is Rudolf Hess. The reason I consider him Rudolf Hess is because Hess was a not-so-smart not Nazi who was nothing but a lickspittle to the most disgusting degree. That is what... And he wasn't smart. That's what... That's what... I mean, that's Matt Getz. Who sends Matt Getz to Congress to represent them, but a bunch of losers, really. Well, here's, let's continue. But Matt Getz, well, the reason I brought him up, let me say, while I'm saying that, Matt Getz, I'm just going on his Twitter feed. How do you spell Getz again? Hmm. Matt Getz. G-A-E-T-Z. That's right. Ew. Well, let me just show you what I'm looking at. Oh, we, we saw this. Look at how disgusting he is. And his disgusting avatar, his Twitter profile pic. They always got to have their red, white, and blue. Yeah, they love America, don't they? Oh, wow. How interesting. As we're talking about Matt Getz, Matt Getz is a tool, is trending. I wonder why. Ugh. Look at this. Black Lives Matter is an explicitly Marxist movement. Oh, my God. It's so boring, too, with these conservatives. This is, they, they don't even come up with anything new. How many more years I guess I just rehash the same old fears, the same old goddamn scapegoat, the same bullshit. How many more years are we going to put up with them fear-mongering about communism? A Marxist movement? I wish. Hot takes with Matt Getz. He's got a podcast? Ew. Gross. What? Oh my God, this is what depresses me so much. Why? This is why I'm depressed. 4.8, he's got 100, come on guys, he's got 1,000 ratings? Are you serious? We got to do better on Tara Buster. You got to go over there now and give a good review to Tara Buster. This is ridiculous. Matt Getz? Gets GOP fighter. Thanks, Matt, for fighting for the future of our country, which is actively being dismantled. Are you serious? Yeah, it's being dismantled by you and Matt Gets. Do these people have a fucking mirror? These people, they they have no clue uh, that the in the in history. In this story, they are the, they're the bad guys. In the story of whatever, they're the, they're the antagonists. In the story of freedom, in the story of decency, democracy, dignity, unity, e pluribus unum, 
in the story of pledging your lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. They are the antagonist in this story. They're the bad guys. And when the, the people who stormed the Bastille in the story of the French Revolution, they are the good guys. You fucking goddamn upside-down bizarro world goons. How do we stop talking only about cutting taxes and deficits? How do we right-size this behemoth for future generations? No! Right-size this behemoth? He's talking about government, you see. It's not okay in his mind. It's not that billionaires, the privateers that are attached to our federal treasury like lampreys sucking on our every goddamn decency out of us for the name of the unholy dollar. It's not that. It's the government is a behemoth. It's, it's too big. And billionaires, they need more. They have to get more money. They need more uh, wheels greased on their road to power. They need to be able to ride us more mercilessly to the bank without pesky government getting in the way and telling them to play nice with the plebs. Five stars. Listen to this name here. Freedom... At 1776, five stars. Matt fights for America when others won't. Freedom at 1776. And here in reality, everyone, this conservative lickspittle, whoever this person is who calls himself, and you know it's a him, Freedom at 1776, if this were 1776, he would be the enemy of the colonists who, up, who rose up against the king. He would be a loyalist. Absolutely. Because there is nothing more progressive than rising up and saying, we don't need a king anymore. Just like there's nothing more progressive than rising up and saying, it's about time we all have a seat at the goddamn table. Regardless of whether Ken and Karen, whatever their name is, McCoskeys, don't like it. They think their, their gated community has been invaded and they were in fear of their lives. Such cowards. How come the biggest cowards got to always carry the biggest guns? I don't understand how my 95-pound granny walked around without an assault weapon her entire life. Weird. She was able to do it. Too bad she's not here anymore. She could give them a lesson in courage. These conservatives, they're such... They're so big. They're so powerful. And they don't know anything what it means. What, what that means. What is power? What is... That's why they're disgusting on the inside and out. Their ostentatious displays of wealth. Good for you, buddy. All you had to do was sit in your house and let the people walk by. That's it. 
instead of running out there like a fool pointing weapons at people yeah we're lucky nobody got shot because Karen whatever the fuck her name is and Ken looked like they weren't exactly um, stable let's continue with the if I could find it stop clicking that button Mayor Elida Cruson's home to demand her resignation. Oh, yeah, because that's what happened. They, this, the mayor doxed those who, who wanted to defund the police. So, meaning they're, they're being threatening now. She was threatening the citizens with the, the fact that if they ever call the cops, then those cops won't show up. This is what they do. It's like what they do when, one of the good apples, when a real good apple actually exposes the bad apples, then all of the apples turn against the good apple and try to get them shot, and they don't call in backup for them. That's what happened with Frank Serpico. Because all the good apples, supposedly, right? Everyone else. There was only one good apple, and it was him. And he exposed the criminal, the entire criminal enterprise in the New York City Police Department. And all of those good apples, suddenly, there, was, there only seemed to be one good apple. Because the rest of the apples all conspired to get him killed. And this is what the mayor in this town, that's what she's doing who lives behind the walls of her gated community. And how dare the plebeians get in there? Now, you saw in, in the video, you'll see the gate is open and people walk through the gate. Then later on, according to the article, oh, look, the gate was all smashed in. Well, how's it smashed in? Now here it is closed again. Well, not, not smashed at all. I wonder who smashed it in. This is a private street considered private property. Tonight, protesters tell me they were peaceful the entire time, but that couple I were. spoke with says they were threatened. Bullshit. It was like the storming of the Bastille. The gate came down and a large crowd of very angry, shouting, aggressive people poured through. Tonight, the couple seen in this now viral video. Very aggressive. Don't you mean uh, brown people? Detailing what they say was strictly self-defense. Mark McCloskey. They're and so aggressive. They're just walking by. Who's aggressive in the photos here and in, in the video? I see one, uh, well, two, two idiots with weapons and the others walking by. Wife stood on their patio Sunday night pointing guns at a crowd of protesters. I was terrified that we'd be murdered within seconds. That yes. Our house would be burned. Except you had an assault weapon. And your wife had her fucking pea shooter pointed at people with her finger on the trigger. That our pets would be killed. Our, yeah, that's it. I was terrified that our house would be burned down, our pets would be killed. You fucking whiny little lying propagandist fascist freak i hate these people that's who they are throughout history it's always the fascists 
you see, as they are oppressing, they claim the mantle of the oppressed. Oh, we're only defending ourselves. After all, Hitler was only defending himself when he invaded Poland. It was all because they were, they were attacked. Right? Remember? There was a radio station that was attacked, but it was, ended up being uh, all a ruse. It's all, all bullshit. Uh, we were going to be killed. They were going to murder us, burn our house down, and then bur kill our pets? He says he and his wife called 911 and grabbed their look, guns. There he, oh, wow. Killed. How a th Look at it. the guy just walking by. There's a guy on a bicycle. Oh, my God. The threats. I can feel the tension. There's a guy videotaping. And grabbed their guns. Bum, bum, required. There's a guy just walking by. Regular page. Nobody's screaming. No one's yelling except them. Video from another angle shows protesters chanting while walking into their private gated community, oh which appears goodness. to be open. But McCloskey says the key is required and later shared these photos of the gate destroyed. Well, how did the gate get undestroyed? And here we go. There's the gate. And there they are walking through it. La-dee-da. Doo-dee-doo. La-dee-da. You would think that in this day of, of all, everybody having a phone, a camera phone, and in the gated community, let's see the receipts. Of course not, though. We don't get to see the receipts because it doesn't exist. We don't see video of the protesters threatening them. We don't even see angry gestures from the protesters. Let's see your, uh, I'm sure they have video in the gated community. Let's see it. Let's see all the threatening people. The only people I see threatening are the ones who are armed and pointing weapons at people. While walking into their private gated community, which appears to be open, but McCloskey says that he is required and later shared these photos of the gate destroyed. I stood up and uh, announced loudly, this is private property, please go back. Yes, Leave. of course you did. Please uh, go back. Please, guys, this is private property. Come on, guys, please go back. Yeah, right. You stood there with your penis extension and your fucking bloated wife and your Trump and Z way screaming and yelling and pointing assault weapons at people for no other reason. No good reason, except you wanted to be internet famous, I suppose, and you couldn't control yourself. And now, because you are facing backlash, that human beings are looking at you and saying, what a whiny little bitch you two are, that you have to proclaim yourself to be victims. That's how it works in fascist propaganda world. And the other fascists are harping on. They're jumping right on it. Like Matt Getz and Twitler. Oh, poor, poor white people. Not, I mean, nothing against white people. I'm white, too. It's just, why are all the these idiots? Why? Why? 
They have to give all white people a bad name. Don't they own a mirror? Look at yourself in the mirror, goddammit. If they didn't like what they, what they saw, they didn't agree. All they had to do was sit there and let the peaceful protest go by. For God's sakes, just let them, let them walk by. And that would have been the end of it. Instead of going out there, did anyone, was there anyone on their lawn? No. Was anybody coming near their home? No. Until, did anybody even put a camera on that home, that, that home, until the idiots came out with their weapons? No. And there he is. Wah, fucking wah. I'm sure he's going to be on Fox News any minute now. Trust me. As soon as I said the words private property, it enraged the crowd. There was... Well, um, because we're all commies and Marxists. It enraged the crowd. They hate private property. They hate America. So far, how... We, we, that's what America was built on. Private property. So much... To the point where we even had human beings at private property. What's this world coming to? When a man can't own another human being. I mean, uh, white, uh, all lives matter. Horde of people coming through the broken gate. The couple owns a law firm and says they've spent decades practicing personal injury and civil rights cases. Yeah, Sunday right. Night, McCloskey says protesters threatened to light his house on fire and kill his dog. He says police. Let's see. Let's see it. No video exists. Give me a break. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's what the protesters said. I'm going to kill your dog. Yeah, you know, you've been in many protests. You've been in many marches. I have. You think that anyone, any of the protesters, any of the marchers in the Black Lives Matter movement, it's going to be like, I'm going to kill your dog. Bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. Didn't come until after protesters left. One fella standing right in front of me pulled out two loaded pistol magazines, clicked them together and said, you're next. Oh, it's like the Bernie bro thing. I see. Don't you see how this goes now, everyone? There's no receipts, except when we have to fight for truth, justice in the American way, except when cops put their knees on people's necks until they're dead, we have to come with the receipts. Otherwise, nothing gets done. But on the other side, the fascist, all they got to do is cry and complain and say that somebody hurt them. So where did we hurt you? Show us on this doll where you felt tickled and fragile. And then we're all supposed to agree. We're all supposed to just say, oh, of course, they said now this is a thing. This is a real thing. They click their magazines together, two magazines together, and said, you're next? Are you fucking daft? Where? Nobody was armed except you, you fucking liar. And of course, the Channel 4, they put that on the air. Just take whatever the fuck he says. Meanwhile, you know, 
uh, on the other side of the aisle, on the other side of humanity, decency, dignity, where decency, dignity, and democracy exist, protesters, peaceful protesters, get pushed, shoved, get their heads knocked into the ground. You know, nothing happens. That's fine. That's okay, though. But we just have to take this guy's word for it. That out of nowhere, somebody clicked. He just happened to have two magazines. Nobody was armed except him, but they brought magazines. For for what effing reason? So they can go click, click your next bullshit. These people think we're as dumb as the idiots who vote for Twitler. And some of us are. Some of us are. Not us, though. They are. They're counting on it. Trust me, he'll be the keynote speaker at CPAC next year. All of the... Go, go. All the right-wing tools can be your... Can be, you know, can... uh, They'll go and hire you, I suppose. Fine. The McCluskeys. McCluskeys? Let's continue. Yeah. Um, that was the first death threat we got that night. Bullshit! The the day, if it's pro- it drives me insane. Because it's such bullshit. Where have we... How far have we fallen in this country? It's just say it and that's... Uh, we all believe it. Except when your civil rights are actually violated. Or you, you, could, you could die in police custody. They can have every evidence under the sun, but if there's no video, oh well, no harm, no foul, you, nothing's ever done. Like Sandra Bland, she dies in police custody. Oh, there's no video, though, of her, oh well, she committed suicide. How, how odd somebody gets arrested for nothing on her, (laughs) in a town where she's starting a new job, the next week or whatever it was, and the cops bring her in, and all of a sudden, she's not a, not suicidal. Nothing is wrong. She's not depressed. She's not indicating anything is wrong. She's actually starting a new life in a new town, and she decides to take her life in police custody. But there's no witnesses, no video, no nothing, but, oh, okay, we'll just believe it. When... As far as, I guess, it's all about who has the power. That's it. Exactly. We have to believe the McCloskeys. The peaceful protesters, you saw them all standing there. We've seen the video of people walking by. Nobody was threatening these fucking goons except the goons themselves. They were the threateners. Nobody felt threatened except, I mean, nobody was threatening them except the the ones who say that they were so threatened. Now here's, listen to this guy. He's the, one of the organizers of the march. Property of public property. We're trying to get a message across. Rasheen Aldridge helps lead the protest organized by a group called Expect Us. He says protesters were peaceful and no threats were ever made. When asked why the group marched on private property, he told us this. 
Just like in many disobedient protests, even if it was in the 60s, 60s you break laws, you make people feel uncomfortable. That's um, right. We're not doing anything where we're hurting anybody or putting anybody in danger. Tonight, McCloskey tells me he spent years defending victims of police brutality, including one case News 4 has followed for over a year now. Oh, wow. Coming up tonight on News 4 at 6. For now, reporting live in the Central West End, Emma Hogue, News 4. Why don't you tell us what that case is? It doesn't doesn't matter. We'll just believe you, I suppose. Just like we're supposed to believe everything that came out of that white fucker's mouth. One guy went like this. It was like the Bernie Bros. Everybody, I was. Everybody knows how horrible they are. Oh, I felt so hard. It was never in my life have I been so abused. But. Okay, let's see. I'd like to see this. I would like to join in the outrage. Oh, you have to take my word for it. You don't even want to know. Everybody knows. We all know what they said and what they did. And nobody... Uh, we'll just have to pretend we'll, that they're telling us the truth. As if a gated community doesn't have video cameras everywhere. Let's just, would you have any footage of the guy clicking the magazines together? Or maybe that was you. Oh, that must be it. And the protester, the organizer, is 100,000% correct. Now, who looks like an unhinged idiot? Not him. He's saying, he's stating it absolutely what is necessary. So what? It's private property. You know what else was private property? The tea that the colonists threw in the water, committing a million-dollar act of vandalism. In fact, the Tea Party, the Boston Tea Party, which I'm sure these right-wing fascist freaks, they all were all part of the Tea Party, taxed enough already. They don't even know that the Boston Tea Party was a million-dollar act of vandalism against the world's first transnational corporation. These fucking freaks. They don't know their own history because they're on the wrong side of history. On everything. They are on the wrong side of history. And in history's light, trust me, this McCloskey asshole and his, and his fucking pea shooters wielding wife are not going to age well, literally and figuratively. They are not on the, they're not the good guys here. They're going to be, they're going to look like assholes even more than they do now. They're like the guy when we see the, the, the video of the, uh, the governor blocking children from going to school in school when the schools were desegregated. That's what they look like. And all they had to do was let the people walk by. Just let them walk by and shut your fucking whiny bitch mouth. And maybe understand why. Why are people in the street? What are they doing? What is the outrage? What's not working in this society? Because societies that are working do not have people in the streets. Because you don't see them happen. You don't see people in Norway marching, do you? You don't see the chaos in New Zealand. 
No, they march. They're marching because of, of our fucking chaos, too. Here's the Boston Tea Party. Let me see. Here's an article. By Christopher Klein. Well, from the History Channel website, it says the Tea Partiers were not protesting a, ta- a tax hike, but a corporate tax break. Yes. Let me see. I know I wrote an article about this many years ago. Tax. National Corporation. Let me see if I can find it. Hmm. Maybe not. I'd probably dig too far. So, the article says, the protesters who caffeinated Boston Harbor were rallying against the Tea Act, which the British government enacted in the spring of 1773. Rather than inflicting new levies, however, the legislation actually reduced the total tax on tea sold in America by the East India Company and would have allowed the colonists to purchase tea at half the price paid by British consumers. And I wrote this article back back in the day because it was the first trans the, it was the first act of corporate vandalism against the world's first well not maybe not the first act of corporate vandalism but against the world's first transnational corporation and the reason that the tea which i'm glad this article is pointing out but the reason the colonists threw the tea in the water was because the corporation was taxing they they lowered the tariffs on the imported tea so it was pricing local tea merchants out of the market basically the tra- the um the british east each uh, the british east india company was the walmart of its day that was decimating local businesses and how was it doing this because many of the shareholders were also in the parliament and they were writing laws to enable corporate corruption and for enable enable them to line their own pockets that's how it works it has always worked like that the corruption and the t- and the colonists threw the tea in the water because they didn't want their economy to be decimated by this transnational corporation uh, and as we see with communities decimated by Walmart they price other, they price local businesses out of the market. Of course, that's what you do when you lower the tariff on tea to nothing. And they, I guess they, that was the point. They wanted to drive the other, the local shops out of business and have a monopoly on the on tea. So you know everything that the that the filthy disgusting republicans stand for are is uh it, they really don't have a leg to stand on because they are everything that this country was founded as an antidote to 
and whether they like it or not. We have never been able to fully actualize our, the, our promises. Of course not. We have problems in this country based on and our original sin of racism, slavery, and genocide. Now I don't know why my camera is not focused again. So we're here to really, uh, the way I look at it, this show and you guys coming to the show and helping the show grow. This is how we get the word out of the solutions. We know what will fix this country. It's not that difficult, but it's, it's simple but not easy, as we say in the room. Simple but not easy. Meaning... You don't, you really don't, it doesn't take much. It just takes the will to do it, to enact it. We know what, what will heal this country. It is progressive taxation and getting a couple of things. All right. I'll, I'll lay it out right now. It's simple. Get money out of politics to get rid of all the greed centered ghouls, the Matt Getzes, the, uh, the Jim Jordans, the the Dum Dums, the Ted Cruzes, the Twitlers, get them out of politics. You see, you want to see how fast they they flee as soon as you take money out of politics, and it becomes a higher calling. Be serving your country. There are many ways to serve the country, and you don't have to put on a uniform to do it. Serving your country, representing your community should be one of those ways. You should be, it should be an honorable profession where if, especially your community entrusts you with representation, that says a lot. We want you to go and speak for us. That says uh, that, that's the highest honor you can get from your fellows in your community, I would think. And if we get money out of politics, then you get people who have to earn the votes. They got to actually go around the community and say, this is what I stand for. This is what I, I hope to do. And with your help, I'll be able to do it. Instead of, who, who the hell, who, who do they work for now? The corporations. They work for the rich because we have legal bribes built into the system. So that's one thing. You get rid of that. And then you, we have a, a progressive taxation that prevents, not only prevents the creation of any billionaires, but it also stops the generation of an intergenerational aristocracy which is the antidote to democracy that's you can't have both you can't have an intergenerational aristocracy and an and a democracy at the same time that's the bottom line and the third thing is with your progressive taxation and your high marginal tax rate on corporations and the rich, which stops 
a, you know, it doesn't stop you from being rich, but it stops you from being an oligarch and it stops you from being somebody who can corrupt government or corrupt your fellows and ensure that government is an appendage to your affairs. The third thing is you enact laws that belong to all of us, meaning everybody in, nobody out. That's how it works. Leaving no one behind. And then we will heal this country. It will start to heal. It's not, it's not like it'll happen overnight. But that's how you heal. When you stop looking at each other as poor a poor American or a black American or a whatever American or a we're in it together, rich or poor, white, black, whatever the hell. It doesn't matter. Like Social Security belongs to everybody. So does Medicare. So does whatever it may be, education, because we're in, we are investing in each other. That's how we win. I say it all the time. Is it that hard? But everything we talk about, that's, that's the remedy. I have the remedy. <laughs> I know they know it too. That's why they have to work so hard to keep us divided. It's, it's incapable. We're incapable of having a functioning country that works for all when you have idiots like those two. Karen and whatever the hell, they're not really called Karen. I keep forgetting their names because I keep thinking they're, they're Karen and Ken. They're not. They are, <laughs> I even wrote on the video, Karen and Ken McCloskey. That's not their names. Their name is, let's see. McCloskey. See, even this article says, meet Karen and Ken McCloskey. <laughs> That's not their names. They will forever be known as that. Dumb fucking bitches, though, really. How embarrassing they are. Look at them. Let, let me just show you them again. Look at them. Look at that lady. With her stupid-looking striped shirt. Him and his pink shirt and his stupid white khakis and his AR-15. And her with the little silver, I gotcha. I'm gonna getcha. Boom, boom. Wait, where'd you go? Where'd she go? Did I lose her? There she is. Boom, boom. I'm gonna shoot you. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Boom, boom. Look at this. Where I feel so threatened. Honey, I feel threatened too. Can you believe these black people walking here? And they're not all black. They're just jealous. It's like storming the Bastille. Next thing you know, they'll have... They'll be calling for my head, like Marie Antoinette. You, over there. Get a job. Why don't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, like Karen over here did, and married a lawyer. 
a personal injury lawyer. I cover it all, including civil rights cases, because that's me. You see me here? I'm all about rights. I'm all, I am, uh, yeah, I, I'm so, I feel so afraid, though. I'm so afraid for my life. Karen, are you okay? I know how scared you are when black people walk down the street. How you doing, honey? I'm fine. Thankfully, I have my freedom protector here. Thank God we're free. Free to cower behind the walls of our gated community with our uh, stroking our assault weapons. Don't you love freedom? They don't know their place. They opened the gate and all. Don't they know what it means, a gate? I pay good money to be beyond that gate and not have any black people walk down the street. Don't worry, honey. We will threaten them with our guns. <laughs> and they will see how free we are. Doesn't it feel great to be in Trump's America, honey? What would we do if that evil old bitch Hillary was here? We might even have a war with Russia right now instead of allowing our soldiers to be killed for bounty. Not, and I don't mean paper towels. Honey, you are hot with that, that little gun in your weapon there. I mean, uh, <laughs> is that an AR-15? Ken... You're looking very sexy. <laughs> Ken, you know, you turn me on when you are proclaiming to be afraid of black people. Can we try to make another baby? I know I'm past my prime, but maybe we can go through the motions. Uh, as long as I can... Um I don't feel quite safe, though, Karen. I need you... Can we play... Uh, let's play Black Lives Matter gets into the house. Let's play this game. I, you know I love role-playing, Karen. I know, and this really kind of helps when we have black people walking down the street outside. It turns me on. Uh, it makes me afraid, but it also... I walk that fine line between pain and pleasure. <laughs> I know, honey, and that's why we became personal injury lawyers at McCluskey and McCluskey. We will fight for your right to have, uh, for me to take 10% <laughs> off of your settlement. Win or lose, I take 10%. <laughs> These people... They don't really know. This is just an elaborate sex game we're playing here. And the whole community is involved. Honey, I understand. It's sort of like a, the cure for... It was really not the cure. It's the cure for ED and the substitute for Viagra. This whole experience... But you couldn't say that to the reporters from Channel 4 News. So I know you had to say you were so scared and make up all those stories about people clapping 
magazines together. <laughs> you, the way you think on your feet, Ken. <laughs> now I know it wasn't just your huge mansion I was attracted to. It was that huge AR-15 that made me want to say, this is the man for me. And when you took out your AR-15 and you said, all lives matter, oh, yikes. I felt, I felt freedom all over. The f I felt the chill of freedom go right up my, my, uh, right to the tip of my roots, to the bottom of my non-manicured toes in this pandemic. I need a manicure and a pedicure. And I don't feel free. I get rather cranky when I haven't had a pedicure in it in fucking 90 days. Ugh! Doesn't, I'm sure some of those bitches chanting Black Lives Matter out there are manicurists. They have to be. They don't live behind the walls of these gated communities of ours. And they don't. They certainly must. They, they know what it's like. They have, you know, to, to have to uh, endure the rantings of a entitled, bloated, and unhinged bitch. So... I, maybe one of them would, can just do, do my toes for me a little bit. Don't even think of it, Karen. Don't even think of it. I'm not inviting any of these in. They're not coming in. This is, what do you think this is? Like, guess who's coming to dinner? Karen, I'm afraid. Remember, in order to, to tell the press that I'm afraid... That doesn't work if you tell me uh, if we invite them in. Let's just go back to pointing at them. To randomly pointing our loaded weapons at a crowd that we're terrified of. <laughs> I know they don't have any weapons, but look at them. Look at them all. They're the unwashed masses. Look at them all huddled together, huddled masses, proclaiming that they want a seat at the table. How dare they? A seat at the table? They better know their place. I'm Karen. <laughs> People are going to be tuning in like, <laughs> like, what is going on on Tarabuster? My name is Karen, and I, I love Ken. I love him. Look at the way he points at the unprivileged with such power. Ooh! Look at my, I, I, I chose the best outfit for today. Black pants and a white black and white striped shirt they say stripes make you lose about 10 pounds by the camera but I think they meant vertical stripes because these horizontal stripes are not working for me girl mm -mm. 
Oh, now you're shaming. Look at that Tara Buster bitch. She has nerve. She's body shaming me. That is, uh, these liberals so tolerant. Where's your tolerant liberal now? Tara Buster with Tara Devlin. <laughs> Where's your, I thought you were so tolerant and caring. Oh, I see. You're a hypocrite. You only care about kittens. Yes, that's right. Kitten lives matter. All right, let's get back to... What else was I talking about? Karen. Here's Karen and... And Ken McCloskey. Again. Mark McCloskey. My wife, Mark and I operate what we call the McCloskey Law Center. We're personal injury attorneys. Ooh, ooh la la. Mark. He is dazzling them. With his courtroom... His charisma is all over. It's coming out. It's coming through the live stream. Mm. St. Louis, we have been doing exclusively representation of people seriously <laughs> killed as a result of the negligence of the last 28 years. We primarily focus our practice on people with acquired head injury, neurological <laughs> injury, spinal cord no injury, kidding. birth injury. He must have a cornered the market on Trump and Z's. A quiet head injury. Bump, bump, bump. Or wrongful death cases. Please take a look at our website. We will, if you were wrongfully killed, we will represent you to the fullest extent of the law. And if you've been wrongfully dead, made dead, we're going to, we take 50% then. Because what's the difference? You're not going to be able to take it with you. It. If you find anything that you are interested in or think that we can assist you with, Ooh. feel free to give us a call. Okay. Our telephones are answered by... Let me see. What does Ken... I mean, Mark McCluskey... Maybe we found something we are interested in, Mark. Feel free to give me a call, he said. Okay. Five human beings, 24 hours a day... Human beings? Week. Wait a minute. Wait, he says you're going to be able to talk to human beings 24-7? I don't think he means Mark and Patricia, because they're not really human beings. They're facsimiles of human beings, but human beings don't behave like that. Our telephones are answered by live human beings. <laughs> 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Live, not the dead ones. Dead ones will never answer the phone. They have that, they have them trained, the dead ones, not to answer. Only the live ones get the phone. Oh, you will always find a human being to speak. <laughs> if you need to. I guess you have a loose definition of human, though. If you have a very generous definition of human, they will have a human being speak to you. You will always find a human being to speak to. If you need to speak with one of us, we will contact you as quickly as humanly possible. <laughs> Everything is human. We'll contact you as quickly as humans, except when we're menacing the community, even though, oh, my 
my God, they walked through a gate. This is a, the worst thing I ever seen. Meanwhile, remember, remember the Republicans when they, they were all like, who's your favorite black woman in American history? Remember this? They asked all the Republicans on one of the Republican debates, tell us. Who is your... No, they didn't say... Did they say black women? It doesn't matter. It was a woman or a black woman. And because some of them said... That's right. They didn't say black woman. They said, who is your favorite woman? Tell us who inspires you. What woman in American history inspires you? And they all said... Well, first they said... Because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They were like, oh, shit. I didn't study for that. They didn't tell me that was going to be on the test. What's who's my favorite woman in American history? Mm, who inspires me? Um, I don't know. Can I say uh what who inspires me? Woman? Wait, wait, wait. And they one of them said they said Margaret Thatcher. Okay? Yes. And then the host had to say, Margaret Thatcher is not an American woman, you dumb fucks. So who could you, who could it be? And then one of them, one of the freaks said, um, shit, uh, Rosa Parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. And then <laughs> they were like, oh, shit, thank you. And the rest of them had to cheat off of his paper and they were like yeah yeah me too rosa parks and they all down the line they were like rosa parks rosa parks rosa parks rosa parks and don't they remember rosa parks though see in the story of rosa parks they're the bus driver and they would be the bus driver the one who called the cops on rosa parks the one who was like, get in the back of the bus. That's who they are. They're not the hero in the story. So Rosa Parks was breaking the law. She was breaking the law. Why don't they? She should have not broke the law. And then when they had the boy, the bus boycott, they should have. Why? Why have a bus boycott? Just do things legally. Yeah, don't don't uh, disrupt the economy. Do it like this. It doesn't matter what you do. It's not right. So good, you went through the gate of the gated community. You're following the footsteps of Rosa Parks. You don't have to abide by every law. That's civil disobedience. And if you risk being arrested, that's part of the deal. But as history progresses, guess what? We're not going to be looking back on Mark and uh, Patricia, whatever, McCloskey's, as the heroes in the story. They're going to be the bus drivers in the story, not the heroes. So Republicans are so full of shit. It reminds me, you know, now in Germany, you, we know the story of Sophie Scholl. Who, as I, I think of her a lot, 
because Young and her brother and in the, the White Rose Society, young students in Nazi Germany, they just so happened to be growing up in a time of fascism, and they spoke out against the militaristic Nazi government. Sophie Scholl ended up, she, she was, she and the White Rose Society, her brother, and another friend of theirs, they were convicted of high treason for distributing anti-war leaflets in the University of Munich. They threw a bunch of leaflets. That, of course, this is a high crime. Of course. You can't question the dumb Fuhrer, the dim leader, of course. At any time, in any fascist society. Now, trust me. If it gets there, it will go there. We're on the road. We are on the road. Uh, except now, you know, maybe one day they'll come busting through Tower Buster Studios. Who knows? But she was convicted because, well, and her brother as well. They were arrested. They were convicted. They were executed by guillotine. And the night of their execution... They had a big party. And who was the guest of honor? The janitor who turned them in, who had saw who saw them throw the leaflets and went to the Gestapo and blew the whistle. He was hailed as a great German. Now what do you think? He's just doing it to make Germany great. He's doing it for the Reich. You know, they're, f they're breaking the law. Now, what do you think in history? In history, these people, the, the people who come out of their mansion to menace protesters with assault weapons are not on the right side of history. They never look good in history's, uh, in history's verdict. That's for sure. So that's why Mark and Patricia, McCoskey, Klosky, whatever the heck their name is, they have to pretend, they have to grab the mantle of the oppressed, of the victimized. We were so afraid. These poor, these uh, abusive, the Marxist, it was like the Bastille. If only. I wish it was like the Bastille, frankly. I really wish we were at that point. Really, I've been waiting my whole life to be at the point where the American people are finally, we've had enough, and we are storming the Bastille. For real. That would take true unification. That would take the majority of the American people, and we're getting there, to realize that this is a class war. And it's fine, McCloskey. You're fine. You can be rich. In this society, nobody's saying otherwise, but there is no reason why the American people have to scrape and suffer and die and needlessly die on the wrong side of Reaganomics. We could all have decent lives, and that should be the that that should be the. Uh, what do you call? I don't know. Uh, that should be the on uh, everybody's agenda. Even him. Why would you? 
want to be a rich person in a poor country. Mark and Patricia, but you're too tiny and little to understand that. You're small, small people, little people who don't, not, not, no offense to little people for real, but you're not a big person. You're a tiny coward, a tiny little person who lacks the basic fundamental abilities that are required in a free democracy. The freedom that you think that you love. You hate freedom. And because if anybody really, if, if you really liked freedom, if you were somebody who embraces and cherishes cherishes freedom you would ask why if you don't get it you probably don't get it because you're clueless and you live in a, a bubble and you live in your gated community and you think that if any if we don't live in a gated community that's just because we i guess we i don't know we haven't pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps yet but lots i'd like to know i mean first of all i have to I don't know his in particular story, but I'm sure, I don't know. I don't know his story. I'll just leave it at that. But not everybody is set up. The system has failed the country as a whole, rich and poor, whether the rich understand it or not. And that is the truth. Some of them, they'll never understand it because they're too little in their souls. They're not capable of getting it. Anybody, think about what the, the what kind of person hears people protesting, walking by. No, in the It's right daylight. It's not at night. Nobody's got torches. Nobody threatened him. These are people walking by walking with signs and they think this fucking idiot thinks it's a good idea for him and his bitch wife to go out on the lawn and menace them with assault weapons well with an assault weapon and a and a pea shooter whatever the fuck she had i don't know they look like assholes and they think they look good and guess what? What would happen? This is how you know it's white privilege. White privilege lives matter, I guess. If the shoe was on the other foot, let's say it was a black family standing on their porch or whatever, on their lawn with guns, with assault weapons, while white people walk by. What do you think would happen? Pointing assault weapons at them. Gesturing with your gun. What do you think would happen? You think that somebody like Mark McCluskey and, and Patricia McCluskey, what they would feel, what they would say. What do you think Fox News would say? You know what would happen? The cops would be called. Those That family would be dead right now. There'd be a sniper team. And from two blocks away, they would be neutralized. Because they weren't safe. You're not feeling safe. 
the cops would say I was in fear of my life. I had to kill them. Because they were pointing weapons at, at peaceful protesters, at white people. No, that doesn't happen here in the United States of Serfs and Lords. In the United States of Serfs and Lords, when white people run around like freaks, running into uh, closed government buildings, closed because of the pandemic, and these idiots run around in the government building, in the closed government building, in a pandemic, with assault weapons, without masks, screaming at people's faces, they, we all have to take it. They, we all have to stand there and watch. Fucking losers. Sorry. And Matt Getz. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. He tweeted out a picture of the two as if they're Bonnie and Clyde or something. They're now are they heroes to the right wing fascist freaks? Yeah. P- typical. Bloated, unhinged, and privileged. That's your what that's your right wing triple threat. This is all of us. Look at him. Look at what he wrote. On his Twitter feed. In Joe Biden's America, your job is illegal. You're, you are locked in your home. Borders don't exist. MS-13 lives next door. And the police aren't coming when the mob arrives. This is all of us. Are you kidding me? Oh my God, the cowards. They're such tedious, whiny, little bitch cowards who would really only be comical except they're, they have their f- disgusting, unfit fingers around the neck of power. In Joe Biden's America, your job is illegal? Oh, I guess that's because you're, we have a pandemic and over 120,000 Americans are dead in two months because Republicans suck. And they destroy everything they touch, including the country, including the grand experiment in liberal democracy, and destroy every chance that this country ever has at healing and moving forward together at e pluribus unum. That's who Republicans are. They are the enemy of e pluribus unum. Are you kidding me? Whew. And this is all of us? No, we're not all white, privileged, and bloated, and unhinged. I'm sorry. Thank God we aren't. The majority are not. That's the minority. You're looking at the minority right there. Those two white fucking disgraces. Oh, my God. And Fred Gutenberg over here, who is the father of a child that was murdered in Trump's America because she committed the crime of going to school. And the uh, because the NRA likes their puppets, even though 90 percent of the American people are have had enough 
of the NRA bloodbath that we have had to endure to the point that we all have PTSD. We can't go to a movie. We can't go to a mall. We can't go. We always got to look at the escape route. Now, if you go now, you have to have live shooter drills in schools and in companies and buildings. Who would have ever thought? No, you can't have a normal society. You got to have live shooter drills. Because Matt Getz is a tool. That's why. And that's all. Not because we are somehow unique. We're only unique in the way that we don't, we're, we're not doing anything about it. it. We're unique in the way that I ask all the time. How much longer? How much longer are we going to take it? Will I live to see this country ever become a more perfect union? Yeah, we can. We can. If we make the Republican Party and the, con- the conservatives, let's say, the conservatives of all persuasions, whether they call themselves Republican or Democrat, I mean, the Republican Party is irredeemable. And I make the case all the time. The, d- the conservative Dems, those are the ones, I believe, that we talk to here. They may not like it, but I think that they are reachable. They just haven't woke up. And we're waking them up because we're bringing the receipts. And But these, these two, fuck them. No. They don't want to live in a normal society. Who does? If, who acts like that? That's how you behave? You have a nice house. You live in a mansion. These people are walking down the street. Nobody was bothering you, you fucking white, unhinged asshole. And now look at you. You look like a you look like who you are. You did it to yourself. So Fred Gutenberg writes, and Matt gets gets his America. American people can intimidate and shoot others with AR-15s for no reason. If you're like me and Manuel Oliver, who is a father of a child who was also murdered needlessly because of Matt Getz, because Matt Getz likes to do for the NRA and Twitler what Monica did for Bill, whose children were murdered, Matt will try to have you kicked out of a public hearing. And that's what he did. That's Matt Getz's America, remember? tried to have uh, anyone who, well, he had Fred Gutenberg. Didn't they have him taken out of the State of the Union? Yep. No, Matt Getz, he continues, this is not all of us. In your America, it's okay for kids like mine to become victims of gun violence. In my America, I want kids to grow up. In your America, it's only okay that my daughter was shot and killed at the age of 14. In my America, you will be defeated. Isn't that gross, though? That this poor man, her, his daughter, his beautiful little young daughter who had her whole life ahead of her and so much potential was murdered 
because the NRA and the Republicans, they, uh, they have their goddamn greedy fingers around this sad, dying empire. So somebody like this fucking, whatever his name is, Mark, Karen, whatever, Patricia, can wield their stupid-looking guns at people? Ugh. God help us, really. God effing help us, please. And the camera's unfocused again. Why? 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 Tell me why. Hmm. going on sounds like fireworks where are we I'm, I'm trying to find you you guys where are you trying to find the stream alright I just want to say hello to everybody thank you for your super chats thank you haiku who else is haiku is super chatting. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Deb. Did I miss anybody? We'll keep it coming. That's all I got to say. All right. We got more show. I can't believe it. I didn't. I can't believe how long I went off on that. It never stops, though. There's so many things to talk about. Well, you know what I want to talk about? Oh, my God. So many things. I don't even know. So I want to do Alex Azar. All right, we'll do that first. So you know that Twitler is coming for Obamacare. As he always is, in the middle of a pandemic. Doesn't matter, though. These people are full of shit. Remember how Twitler said, We will always protect your pre-existing condition. Bullshit. According to the Washington Post, Twitler has received a bottomless Pinocchio for his claim that he will always protect those with pre-existing conditions. And then he tweeted out, Now that the very expensive, unpopular, and unfair individual mandate provision has been terminated by us, many states in the U.S. are asking the Supreme Court that Obamacare itself be terminated so that it can be replaced with a far better and much less expensive alternative, which is what? They're so full of shit. It's far less expensive, far better. No. Obamacare, I repeat, Obamacare is the Republican health care plan. Okay? I know. I remember one time I was arguing with somebody on Twitter, a Republic, a freak, a Republican, a non-normal person. And I was like, it is the Republican health care plan. They're like, oh. 
Now she's saying that Obamacare is the Republican health care plan. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, bitch. You, you hear that? That's the sound of an, the impervious to fact. A closed mind. What are you talking about? Of course. It's the Republican health care plan to keep the for-profit health insurance industry in business with a captive audience. And the individual mandate is the Republican dream. That's what they wanted. That's the proposal. How you lower cost in a for-profit system is you make everybody buy in. Everybody in, nobody out, right? So it lowers everybody's fucking premium because everybody is in it, including healthy people. But the way that the Republicans destroyed Obamacare because they don't like Obama, they and you know why? It's not that they don't like Obama. They want to give the veneer of uh, anything that they don't see. Okay, okay, shh, shh, quiet mind, quiet. They hate America so much. Understand? I say it all the time. This is the bottom line. They're not trying to make a functioning society. They are trying to make an oligarchy. Okay? That's the bottom line. They're trying to make a system that works for some. And they, they're hoping against hope that we don't catch on and do something about it while they're busy dismantling the society, any or not busy dismantling our ability to do anything about what they're doing to fucking destroy democracy. So this is the point of conservatism. It doesn't matter when Obama regurgitated their own health care plan at them and said, please join us. We have a problem here. We have a health insurance racket that bankrupts millions, kills thousands, leaves million out, millions out, and consistently ranks last or next to dead last in all positive measures and eats up 16% of the GDP and counting. And in fact, that might be more. Now that I said that, health insurance. Somebody's blowing off firecrackers outside. So annoying. I hate that. Is it just because I'm getting old? Or is it just that I don't like hearing boom, 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 boom? For no fucking reason. And I don't like this either. I don't like going bing, bing, bing. Look at me. Boom, 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 boom. Kick, kick, bat, bat. Shut up. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. Oh, wonderful. Pop, pop. Yay, yay. Oh, look, I made a boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Shut up. So, yeah, that's right. 16% of the GDP and counting. Well, that was in 2000. What year? And counting. Oh, it's more than that now. This is 
I'm looking at something from 2006. And thank you, Shannon, for your super chat. Boom. That's how we're going to do it. Super chat and do it. Become a patron. Do it. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Do not wait for Karen and... Wait, 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 wait. Not Karen. Do not wait for Mark and Patricia to point their weapons at you. Become a patron now. I should do a commercial like that. Do not wait for Mark and Patricia to lock you out of their gated community for good. Bust in that gated community and say, boom, black lives matter, mother effer. Oh, I'm so scared. (laughs) I'm so scared. They said, we're coming for you. And next your dogs. I'm going to kill you. Right. Bullshit. Honey, bullshit. If you have that, show it to us. I want to see the receipts. Show us the receipts, motherfucker. You know if they had it, we would see it. If they had video of protesters, if they had any evidence. Do you have any video? There's only cameras on every house in every corner in this gated community. Do you have any videos of protesters menacing you, being aggressive at all, even without audio? Maybe they're going like, hey, oh, no, that's you being aggressive. Gee, I see. Poor victim, poor professional victims on the right wing. That's who they are, the professional victimitis. No matter what, they're victims. And that is another hallmark of fascism. Of course it is. Everybody is picking on them while they're putting you in a concentration camp. It's only for their own self-preservation, you see. Okay, here's Twitler's tweet. Many states in the U.S. are asking the Supreme Court that Obamacare itself be terminated so that it can be replaced with a far better and much less expensive alternative and everyone can have a pony and ice cream for dinner and never gain a pound and never have to go to a dentist. You could just eat sugar all day and all night and you can fly and you can have a unicorn and we can all live in a giant mansion with... Beluxious bosom filled hookers with the hearts of gold. Obamacare is a joke. Deductible is far too high, and the overall cost is ridiculous. My administration has gone out of its way to manage OC much better than previous bullshit, but it's still no good. Well, that's because you keep fucking with it, you fucking rats. And no offense to rats. Again, I hate to insult rats by calling them Republicans. But rats are not Republicans. Rats are better than Republicans. 
I've told you the story again, and I'll have to tell you again. Did you know? They've done studies on rats. And this is why I say to call a Republican a rat is to honor them. Because rats, when given a choice between saving a fellow rat from drowning and eating a treat, rats will pick to, will choose to save their fellow rat every time. So, that's not me saying that. That is science. That's a study they did. So, d- what about what about Republicans? That's that's not Republicans. They don't do that. Given a treat or to save the life of their fellow human being or fellow American. The Republicans will pick a treat every time. They ter- they pick a treat every day when they turn their back on millions of Americans, when they kick Americans off of health care, when they do nothing about pandemics barreling towards us, and now 120,000 of us are dead, and 2 million more have it, and it's going up and up and up, I hope. I hope, please, please, Jesus, take the wheel, Jesus, and give these people coronavirus, but do not let them hurt normal people. Okay, Jesus, we got a deal? Or do I have to go to Satan with my request? I don't know. Rats. So to call a Republican a rat is to honor them. Because they don't, they don't care about their fellows or drowning person. We are drowning all the time here in America. And they're like, I got mine. I got my treat. People are drowning without health care. They're drowning without living wages, homelessness, without job security, without retirement security, without education. They're indentured servants to banks because they went to college. No, no, no. That's the Republicans for you. They will never throw you a lifeline. So to call a Republican a rat is, I mean, to, well, to call a rat a Republican is to dishonor the rat. It's an insult to rats. It's not to, it's not fair to a rat. Because rats are better than Republicans. They choose to save their fellow rat every time. Should I get a treat or should I get a, save my fellow rat? What do Republicans do? All the time they leave you behind. I got mine. I got mine. I don't... Oh, you... Hey. They, they'll lie to you. Don't worry... We will always save you from drowning every time. Bullshit. And then you're drowning. You're like, hey, hey, hey. They're like, hey, I got my treats over here. I'm eating my treats. Sorry, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh, well, you died? Aww. It's terrible. Isn't it terrible, Mike? And uh, ain't that terrible? Jim Jordan and Mark. Yeah, yeah, terrible, right? Hi, Tara Jr. Jr. 
Are you okay? Were you scared? When you heard those boom booms? Uh, you were like, boom! Boom! What's that noise? Ah, uh, he doesn't like being held like a baby. All right. Who was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Obamacare. I hate them. I hate Republicans. Yeah, Obamacare sucks because it's the Republican health care plan. How many times I got to tell you, mother... Not you guys. I'm talking about the Republicans. Just as a number of weekly coronavirus cases has reached a new high in the United States, the Trump administration filed a legal brief asking the Supreme Court to strike down the entire Affordable Care Act. About 20 million people covered through the act could lose their insurance if Trump succeeds, among many other consequences bearing directly on the U.S. response to the coronavirus pandemic. It's unbelievable. How many times, guys, do I have to tell you that Republicans hate you? They show it. I don't have to tell you. They show us. They hate you, they hate me, they hate the they hate America, they hate Mother Earth, they hate all her creatures. All right, get down. Get down. Get down. They hate the air we breathe. All they like is money for themselves. And it's never enough. They're very sick people. Key provisions of the health care law prohibit insurance from denying coverage to people who are already sick or who have pre-existing conditions. Trump has claimed... Yeah, now, I mean, come on. I, this is another reason I hate Republicans besides everything else. I'm so sick of them with this. That's my pre-existing condition, really. Hating them. Well, that's called because I have eyes and ears and a brain. It's, they're like children. Again, I'm bringing the receipts again. I'm sorry. Because they are like infants. The entire ACA, because it is the Republican health care plan that, that keeps the for-profit health insurance in the catbird seat of power, it will only work if there is an individual mandate. And that's what Republicans pushed for decades. And before it was Romney care, it was called Nixon care. That's their idea. Let people buy into the private health insurance racket. Because... That's what it is. Everything is money to them. Your health is money. Sucking money from your miseries. They're, they are literal parasites. Just sucking on your tumors. Okay, and any profit in there? The precious. Is the precious in there? No precious anymore. Hey, they want to live. The precious, but I need the precious. That's who they are. The precious. You want to live? Give me the precious. Give me the precious. You want to live? That's who they are. That's how gross they are. 
Oh, you can't live. You can't pay me the precious. Well, sorry. That's a pre-existing condition. No precious. So, all during for years, for many years. I've been on this planet a couple of moons. I've been around. I never heard the Republicans give a wit about pre-existing conditions. Your conditions, your or or not pre or not. They don't care about conditions. They don't care about post-existing conditions. They certainly don't care about pre-existing conditions. They hate conditions. Whatever your condition is, if you're not making money for them, then you need to be dead. Shut up. Go go crawl under a rock or something and come out when it's time to clock in again. Or go stop a bullet, right? How Twitler said, oh, the doctors and nurses were running into the hospitals like soldiers running into bullets. It was a beautiful thing. Isn't that beautiful when soldiers run into bullets? I love, and their their hearts explode in their chest and they die. Isn't that fucking beautiful? Beautiful, you sick, this venomous vampirish ghoul. This is who they are. They they're gross. They're gross people. They don't care about your pre-existing condition. They never cared at my entire lifetime. Only until they because they're children. And they are pandering to infants who emotionally, emotional infants. They, there's a thing, it's emotional intelligence. You know, you're supposed to be, this is one thing like companies always, they talk about, oh, your emotional EQ, your emotional intelligence. That's if you're mature, if you're not, if you're somebody who can get along with other people, if you don't um, inflict your manias on others, if you treat human beings like human beings and they, you know, not just like a little uh, toys like cats playing with a string of yarn, then then you're, you have an emotional EQ, a high emotional EQ. The, they, they have a low emotional EQ because they, they're, they're not evolved in any sense of the word, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, that's another story. They, they really aren't. They're not fit. I've been saying it for years. They're not fit to hold leadership positions. They're not fit to, to be anywhere near the halls of power because so now, when Obamacare is passed, uh, all of the infants in the in the Trump and Z, formerly known as the Tea Party, now they're the Trump and Z cult. They're oh, I like my pre-existing condition protection. I that's all I like. I don't like anything else. So then the Republicans are like, oh my god, we. Look, this doesn't poll well. You want to come back? What are you doing? 
he's very polite. He tapped me on the leg. He was like, can I come back up there after you knock me down? And then he's like, so, uh, yeah, we got to start saying that we, we, we will protect pre-existing conditions. Everyone, come on. Regardless of the truth. They don't, truth. What? Truth. Truth has such a liberal bias. What are you talking about? Truth. They don't have any time for the truth. And I always say, too, right? About truth. It's, they don't. Power has no need for truth. Neither do Trump and Z's. Whether they have power or not. That's why power could give a shit about truth. And this is why they have the nerve, frankly, to come out and say, we will always protect your pre-existing condition protection when they're fucking right now trying to overturn it. I have to remember this. Are you ready? Because they give us a bum rap. Patients with pre-existing conditions are protected by Republicans much more so than protected by Democrats who will never be able to pull it off. Wow. Pre-existing conditions. And you know, the job we've done on health care, it's not talked about. But we're also doing something. It's been phenomenal. We have 180 million people right now really happy on private plans. And you know what? They're going to be taken away. Under the Democrats' plan, all of those people that are thrilled, where they thrilled. Went out negotiated cross state lines, oh, all of the things they did, you. they went out and negotiated great private plans. It's all going to be taken away from you under this. Yeah, plan. great plans. It's. It's all you. You get it all. The plans, nothing goes to the CEOs. They give you everything. You get sick. Don't worry about it. Nobody, you don't pay a dime. You get healed instantly. Jesus Christ comes down off a cloud. He touches you. He's like, booga, baga, bika, booga. You're healed. And they don't cost nothing. They negotiate these great fucking plans. Great plans that still... I don't know what where it is that uh, 85 million Americans have nothing or next to nothing. Well, there's 45 with nothing, 40-something with next to nothing. But, you know, everybody else has these great fucking plans, man. You know, like a, like a hooker with a heart of gold and big tits. They're the best fucking plans, you know. You negotiated that shit, man. Like when I went, I went, when I went with Stormy Daniels, and I was like, "Hey, hey, come on here, come here." It didn't matter if my penis was smaller than average, and you know, she just took it. She took it like a bitch, like you know, like I was her man. You know what I mean? That's the way that we negotiated these these contracts but democrats they want to take that away they want you to have just have to fuck your own wife who had a baby you know democrats they don't want you to go out and have a porn star nothing 
They just want, they, I mean, nobody can negotiate those deals like we Republicans. And we will always protect your pre-existing condition for protections, even though we never heard of that until Obamacare. And unfortunately for us, the dumb sheeple, all of a sudden they were like, and as I predicted at the time, I said, I remember I went to a town hall and I said to the representative at the time, I said, why do you give a shit what these Republicans are complaining about? Because you know, before the ink is dry, they will all position themselves as the champions of whatever we pass. So stop pandering to them. And hello, I'm not Miss Cleo, but I know Republicans. That's who they are. Of course, they hate this country. They're stupid. They have no ideas. Their only idea is make the rich richer, keep the stupid stupid, and ensure that the money gets funneled to the top and you have nothing to do to say anything about. You have no means to do anything about it. But, you know, every now and then, the dumb fucking Democrats, they get away with something, they do something, and then the people, they say, oh, we like our pre-existing conditions, protections, so they have to, Republicans have to pretend. But here's the facts, as the Washington Post lays it out. Republicans for a decade have tried to repeal the Affordable Care Act signed by President Obama in 2010. The Supreme Court has upheld the law twice in the face of legal challenges from conservative groups. A new challenge brought by a group of Republican state attorneys, state attorney generals, is now pending before the court. The Justice Department filed a brief on June 25th, in support, in the middle of the pandemic, by, by the way, in support of the GOP argument that the entire ACA must fall. That's how they put it. Must fall. Fuck you. And you know, Twitler and Matt Getz and all the douchebags who support Twitler, like Jim Jordan and Ted Cruz, who hates his fucking wife, who... Uh, hates his mother, all of these people, well, they'll have health care. They have health care for life. They have pensions for life. Everything that they deny you, they have because they like it. They like working and getting, the, you know, getting uh, taken care of. They, they live in a very different country than we do. That's for sure. And they want to make sure it stays that way. Why? Because they hate democracy and they are inadequate. People like them, they are, they, uh, I mean, first of all, they, the enemies that the founders warned us about, but they understand that the only way they get ahead is because of their corruption and their, uh, their, their selling out to the big money interests like the insurance racket. So they're doing their bidding and they're dancing as fast as they can to the tune that is being played by the insurance racket. It doesn't matter how many Americans die, pre-existing conditions or not, how many Americans are dead every single year because of, needlessly, this is what gets me, 
And especially with Democrats, they, they need to continually harp on this, except we have some Democrats that still because I mean, they're just like Republicans. They they uh, push the the Republican line. Oh, they want to take away private insurance. Well, good. They can't take it away fast enough because how much longer? How many more Americans have to needlessly die for lack of health care? Needlessly, they've done studies. 35,000 Americans needlessly die every year for lack of health care. 35,000 families in grief. 35,000, what? Uh, I guess it's 35,000 cha-chings in the bank accounts of the rich. 35,000 people lost who grieve their fathers, their mothers, their sisters, their brothers. No wonder this country has PTSD. So come on, give me a break. Now, we will always protect. You won't protect shit. You protect the unholy dollar. You protect the people who don't need any protecting you don't protect us from the, uh, when we need protection from the people who you empower to kill us needlessly for generations. When you think of that every year, 35,000 people a year dead needlessly. From, from an, if, if this was an auto industry fail, if 35,000 Americans needlessly died in auto accidents or from, name it, tainted milk or tainted medicine or whatever it might be, whatever, name it. We wouldn't stand for it. 35,000 Americans needlessly dead. Because of the for-profit health insurance racket. And it is a racket. Because it doesn't do anything but stand in your doctor's office denying care. Figuring out ways to ensure that you do not get health care. Coming up with, uh, oh no, that's add a network, in network, add a network. No, no, that you have to do with this. You uh, you saw somebody that was out of network. Co-insurance, co-pay, deductible. Bullshit. All fucking bullshit. And if I have to hear, God damn it, that affordable health care again, I, I'm going to go goddamn banana. I'm going to go goddamn Patricia McCloskey on this shit. Stand in LA. <laughs> Fuckers. So the act prohibited this practice, meaning pre-existing condition, whatever the hell, uh, through provisions called guaranteed issue, which means insurance companies must sell insurance to anyone who wants to buy it, and community rating, which means that people within the same geographic area who buy similar insurance and are the same age pay similar prices. The two together made insurance affordable for people with, say, cancer. 
before Obamacare, even a minor, even a minor health problem could have led the insurance company to deny coverage. The ACA also established online health insurance marketplaces and subsidies for participating buyers, gave states options to expand Medicaid programs, primarily with federal funding, and imposed a financial penalty known as an individual mandate on people who did not have coverage during a given year. The Trump and the Republican-controlled Congress reduced the individual mandate's penalty to zero in late 2017 as part of the Tax Cuts and Job Act. Fuck you, lying bastards. Nullifying but not repealing that section of the law, a federal appeals court ruled in December that the individual mandate already down to zero was unconstitutional. Yeah. Oh, God. Fixing the facts around the policy, as usual. Now the GOP state attorneys general argue that the Congress meant to have an Affordable Care Act with an individual mandate or not at all. The same argument appears in the Justice Department's brief signed by Solicitor General Noel Francisco. Francisco, yeah. Even though the guaranteed issue community rating provisions are constitutionally valid when standing on their own, it is evident that Congress would not have wanted them to stand without the individual mandate. I hate these people. You, you realize how hard they're working to murder us so they can continue to get rich and suck profit from our miseries? This is what they do with their time. They're not out there saving kittens like I am. Or maybe you are helping animals, saving the whales, making the fucking world a better place or trying to. These people are literally trying to kill us. They don't like that 35,000 Americans don't needlessly die. They want a lot of needless death as much as they can get their ghoulish grips on. Needless death is their mantra. That's the Republican way. Needless death, the more needless, the better. The more death, the better. 35,000 Americans needlessly die. I hate them. I hate Republicans. And and as I would hate anything that's murdering me and my American and my fellow Americans, it is the duty of every true patriot to stand up to these monsters. Jesus Christ. I know you're sitting in a weird way. Stop that. God. Oh, let me see. <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? Who am I? Here's Alex Azar on Jake Tapper show talking about this. In the midst of all this, the Trump administration uh, moved this week to have, ask the Supreme Court to strike down the entirety of Obamacare. Um, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Is it not unconscionable during a pandemic to take health insurance away from 24 million Americans without 
having a replacement plan ready to go so that those 24 million Americans do not have to not have health insurance in the middle of a pandemic. So first off, President Trump has done something really historic here for the uninsured, and he's, he's made sure there's a program that if you're uninsured for any reason... Oh, that's their risk pool. The same fucking bullshit that Republicans have always done that never works. So if you're sick, you're supposed to go into this risk pool. It's bullshit. Oh, I have cancer. Let me go into this fucking risk pool. And... What? Get I, it's We've done this. This is what we have done for years that made Obamacare necessary. This is why I can't stand them. They're dragging us back to the very system that made Obamacare necessary in the first place. Just like the Republicans themselves are dragging us back to the very system that the founders rebelled against. That's who they are. They're useless, entitled, bloated, goddamn unhinged, and greedy, filthy, disgusting liars who are the enemies of the people. These are the enemies that the founders warned us about. Don't be fooled. And that's why, give me a break, Joe Biden. Tell me you're going to work with these fucking ghouls that want us dead? No, I'm not being hyperbolic. Oh, no, there's some, some of them I can work with. Really? Unless you want us needlessly dead. The liars. All he does is lie. This Alex Azar lying, talking about nothing. The plan that we're putting for what plan? He don't have a plan. They don't have a plan. They've had a decade to come up with an alternative, but they can't because the alternative is Obamacare. It's Obamacare. And the only alternative that they have proposed is the same system that we fucking ran from because the American people were going bankrupt and dying for generations. And that's what they want to bring back. And that's what they are bringing back. I hate them. Yes, Shannon on the chat. Apparently a plan to kill us all. Absolutely. That is their plan. The Republicans aren't happy unless Americans are needlessly dying, whether it be from a needless war of corporate aggression, whether it be from needlessly shooting each other at a goddamn mall or at a movie theater or in school. They're not happy unless they're licking up blood somewhere. Because in that blood, they got money. Somebody's giving them money. We couldn't... Uh, the, the, our enemies, the Taliban, the friggin' goddamn terrorists couldn't help, couldn't hope for a more um, dedicated ally than the Republican Party in destroying this country. And Putin, too. Yeah. They love killing Americans. Especially, well, with Putin, they're putting bounties on Americans' heads. Oh, these are your great uh, lovers of the troops. Yeah, they like the troops so much, they're chiching, chiching. They're getting paid. 
and you get the COVID care that you need with no cost sharing, no co-payments, no deductible. Oh, that's all we need. Just COVID care. Oh, thank you, President Trump. Thank you, my lord. Now extend it to everything else. I hope I get COVID. Oh, wait, wait. I have a high fever and uh, I can't keep down food. I'm, I'm sick as a dog. I, be- I pray to God it's COVID. Because anything else, I'm shit out of luck. No surprise medical bills. Fuck so you. the American people need to be reassured. Get your medical care. If you're uninsured, it'll be covered. It'll be covered by us. Fuck you. Well, sometimes that's all you can say. We call this unapologetic liberal talk. Sometimes all you can say is fuck you. Um, in terms of the Affordable Care Act, um, we have made very clear that if the Supreme Court strikes down all or a large part of, of Obamacare because it's constitutionally or statutorily infirm, um, we will work with Congress to create a program that genuinely protects individuals. Bullshit. Work with Congress. This is you see what he's doing. He keeps repeating. We'll work with Congress. They want to do nothing. Work with Congress. They have nothing. Show us your plan. They don't have a plan. It's called Obamacare. Pre-existing conditions. And by that, I mean something very different than what we see today. You know, a couple that's age 55 in Missouri making 70000 a year will pay $30,000 in premiums and have $12,000 of deductibles. That's because you fucked it up. Republicans murdered it. I hate them. And of course, what does Jake Tapper do? Does he push back? Does he say that? There's no memory. There's no institutional memory. They just... The reason the corporate media exists is so propagandists and liars can sit and have their message spread to the most people that they possibly can with the help of the so-called journalists who are questioning them. They sit there and allow them to spread their lies. I'm sorry, that's not real protection for somebody with pre-existing conditions. We're gonna set like a- 2020, we haven't seen a replacement plan. Well, we have made very clear what we're gonna do, which is protect those with pre-existing conditions okay. through mechanisms that genuinely can protect them. How? Real insurance. This is another example. Real in- Just because you say it like this, real insurance, we're going to protect people with pre-existing conditions. Real insurance. What does it look like? Oh, we're much better than you have now. It's going to be better, cheaper, realer, stronger, faster. More amazing, bigger, faster, stronger, more tasty, wonderful, smells good, t- less t- filling, tastes great. Uh, it's it's going to have it all. And have financing that meets the needs of people the way they want them met, not with a one-size-fits-all solution. Oh, ex- that's another one. They focus group. Americans like choice. This is what we keep hearing. So much choice. No, we don't. I want to go to the fucking doctor when I'm sick. And I don't give a shit who pays the bills. I just want to 
not have to worry that I'm going to go bankrupt or have to work on my GoFundMe page. You scumbags. We like choice. You're going to pick what you need. Yeah, because, you know, uh, this year I figured I'm not going to get cancer this year. I'm going to put cancer off till next year. So this year I'm going to cut back on my insurance. You know, you get to pick what you think you need. What you need? That's the nature of health. One day you're healthy, next day you're sick. It happens like that. Healthy people get sick all the time. I bet you go to the hospital today, you'll meet a, 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 a lot of people who were, who were healthy last week. Or so they thought. Details will be dependent on the, frankly, the composition of Congress if and when hear this? the Supreme Congress. Court does strike down all or a large part of Obamacare. Well, your pre-existing protections do not include requiring insurance companies to <laughs> not charge those with pre-existing conditions. Of More, course. That's the whole point. It's not just you can't deny anybody that has pre-existing conditions insurance. It's also saying, and you can't charge them any more than you charge somebody who doesn't have pre-existing conditions. And none of the plans that have been proposed do that. Well, Jake, you actually haven't seen what we would do working with Congress, so you don't know <laughs> what our pre-existing conditions protections would look like. Um, we've been very well, clear that, that no, you there haven't. are mechanisms that are well-proven to protect individuals who have suffered from pre-existing right. conditions yeah, to sure. make sure they have access to affordable insurance. And Oh, my God. How many p platitudes, how many nameless, nonsensical platitudes can you squeeze into a sentence? Aff access to affordable health care. Pre oh. Mechanisms that are Mechanisms well proven well to protect proven. individuals who have suffered from pre-existing right. conditions to make sure they have access to affordable insurance. Oh, and yeah, how could, what the fuck? Real affordable when you're suffering from cancer and you can't work. I hate these people. God help me. Why? Why? Why do I have to share the same air with these motherfuckers? We agree individuals with pre-existing conditions should have coverage, but also affordable Bullshit. access to coverage, not third. Can you hear this? I mean. Have suffered from pre-existing right. conditions to make sure they have access to affordable insurance. And we agree individuals affordable. with pre-existing conditions should have coverage, but also affordable access to coverage, not 30,000. I'm not rewinding that. That's what he is saying. We agree. Access to affordable health care, but affordable coverage with access to affordable coverage. Would look like um, we've been very clear that that there are mechanisms that are well proven to protect individuals who have suffered from pre-existing right. conditions to make sure they have access to affordable insurance. And we agree individuals with pre-existing conditions should have coverage, but also affordable <laughs> access to coverage, not $30,000 a year premiums and $12,000 deductibles. All right, well, I look forward to seeing that plan. Yeah, we all do. When you, maybe another decade, you could come up with something. They're not going to come up with anything. They are hoping that Joe Biden wins and then he does something and then they get to attack whatever he does as terrible.
That's why Medicare for All is the only fix. If we really want to have a functioning society. Because how much longer are we going to have to go through this shit? It's true. They're, they're setting us up again and again. And like Ron Placone said on the last show, we had Ron on as a guest. <clears throat> and he reiterated what I've said forever. That the next... If we do not get a real revolution and real change we can believe in with Joe Biden, okay, good luck. If Joe Biden gets elected, our work has gotten harder. It's not even, uh, we, we think we working hard now? Forget it. We, would ha- we have to push these mother effers to, so far to the left. Because half of the Democratic Party is going to go back to goddamn brunch. Because if we don't get the, the policy changes that we need, not the change we can believe in, but the changes we need, like universal health care, universal higher education, living wages, uh, progressive taxation... Do something about this effing income inequality and upward immobility that is real, that really addresses it. Because if we don't do that, the next fascist that gets in the White House, and and there will be a fascist that will get in the White House, will be a capable fascist. And then this country is done for good, and it's not going to come back in my lifetime. So I'll be like, I'll be saying... Peace out, mother effers. So according to... So reading that... uh, I mean, watching that video... Joey Bay sent me... An email... About the Jake Tapper from... Joey's Journal on Monday the 29th. And he writes... I was watching... He's one of our... um, He is one of our Tower Buster benefactors a patron at patreon.com slash tara devlin he is a big fan of the show a and he also has a friend jeffrey that's sort of like an avatar for him so he refers to jeffrey but this is joey's journal for may 29th i was watching jake tapper's yes yesterday and he was interviewing alex azar currently the head of health and human services in Trump's cabinet. Azar was making claims that, once again, the Trump administration had a great plan to replace Obamacare. And once again, Azar was claiming that the Trump plan was much better than Obamacare because Trump Care would have very reasonable premiums with almost no co-pays and no deductibles. At that point, I was eagerly and anxiously awaiting for Jake Tapper to yell out, Oh, so you want Medicare for all? But no, of course not. Instead, Tapper went into suck-up mode and didn't bother to ask a Republican, uh, the Republican, the pertinent and obvious questions. Yes, well, as we expected, Jake Tapper went into Chuck Fraud mode, and I believe, you know, Chuck Todd, you know the person that moderates Meet the Press every Sunday and never presses Republicans with hard questions or pursues straight answers. Yes, the political plant of political operative Chuck Fraud Todd, who was just who just can't ever seem to pin down a Republican with critical 
questions relative to the pertinent issues of the day, he reminds me of Wiley Coyote, who never seems to catch the Roadrunner. Well, that's the whole point of the corporate media. It really is they give them a platform to spread their bullshit and they never push back. Azar claimed that the administration could not roll out the new plan until the Supreme Court ruled on Obamacare. Again, I was waiting for Tapper to start tapping on Azar and forcefully suggesting that this would be a great time to roll out Trump care or trauma care with the president's approval rating so low and the fact that he is trailing in every key swing state. What a better time to reveal such a plan, right? Wouldn't that be the best thing? This is what I was afraid of, frankly. I was afraid of because Trump has no scruples. Really, what I feared with Joe Biden as his running, uh, not running mate, his, um, what do you call it? You know, his adversary, that he would, that because Trump has no, he's a liar, that he would come out and promote Medicare for all. That's what I was afraid of. And that's what Joey is writing here. So he continues, but no, Tapper just tap danced and never posed the obvious question. Tapper could have continued to press Azar with the assertion that the Supreme Court has ruled against Republicans in two recent cases and all his vindictiveness should be able to show up should be eager to show up the Supreme Court justices with the rollout of Trump's trauma care just to dare the Supreme Court to knock down such a great program. But did Tapper say anything like that? No, of course not. And Jeffrey says, oh, well, what did he say? Oh, yes, Jeffrey, just like that, Tapper tapped out. Good job. This has been Joey's Journal for Monday the 29th. But, of course, that's what the Republican, and not just the Republican, the corporate media establishment is there for. Talk about tapping out. That's what they're there for. They're not there to pose pertinent questions, to challenge them, to, I don't know, inform the public what's truly going on. What really was gained in that? How many in, in I don't know how many minutes of Jake Tapper's interview? What did we gain? Nothing. We heard the same old shit. This country. No wonder my brain feels like it's melting out of my ears half the time. This nonstop. No, there's nobody. Nobody brings the receipts ever. Why do we have to bring the receipts? Well, I mean, no, I, I don't want to pose it like that because that's what we do on this show. But don't you think they can do that? I could do it on this show. I don't have a staff. I have you. We, you know, we don't have a million dollar budget or more like they have. Their budget goes to paying their corporate mouthpieces. They don't spend their budget on news gathering, not in the least. It doesn't cost anything to set up a camera and let a con man rip. 
or Alex Azar to plug him in and let him rip, like, with his lies, saying nothing. Oh, access to affordable health care. Say access again. Say affordable health care again. We're having a drinking game, and I'm not drunk enough. I'm still standing. Well, here's an article from healthinsurance.org. 12 ways the GOP has sabotaged Obamacare. Now, I wonder what this... Now that I'm looking at who published this article, who is healthinsurance.org? Sounds weird. I wonder. Healthinsurance.org. Trusted independent health insurance guide since 1994. It makes me... makes me a little weary. Let me see. Because I googled the ways that Republicans sabotaged Obamacare. And that's what came up. Let me check into this. Republicans raised your health care... This is from USA Today. You've been duped. From 2017's. The Republicans raised your health insurance premiums. Well, that's interesting. Oh, no, not USA Today. U.S. News and World Report. As I watch the debate unfold over the ACA, I keep thinking about Hans Christian Andersen's story, The Emperor Has New... The Emperor's New Clothes. In his story, the Emperor Weaver's convince him that he has made clothes... Wait, I can't talk. I guess I'm getting tired because I'm feeling like I can't talk. In the story, the Emperor's weavers convince him that they have made him clothes of a special cloth, invisible to those too stupid to appreciate their beauty. The Emperor parades through town stark naked and his subjects are too afraid to state the obvious until one boy blurts out that the Emperor has no clothes. The emperor looks down and realizes the boy is right. You might guess that President Donald Trump is the emperor, in my metaphor, but you'd be wrong. The emperor is the American public, who's been duped into believing that the ACA is failing, even as Republicans work behind the scenes to destroy it. And who is the little boy in the story? I am. I'm the former CEO of a health insurance company. Who wrote this article? Hmm, J. Mario Molina. That's interesting. I thought it might be Wendell Potter for a second. And I've been warning publicly what will happen if Trump continues to effectively sabotage the ACA. Earlier this month, I lost my job. When Trump ran for president, he promised reforms to ensure there would be health insurance for everyone and that it would be a lot less expensive than under Barack Obama's health care law. We have yet to see the plan he's described during the campaign. Of course not. It's like Trump Network Vitamins. Instead, earlier this month, House Republicans passed the American Health Care Act, a bill the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office determined would, cost, would cause 23 million Americans to lose 
health insurance. When confronted with the dire projections about how their bill would make insurance unaffordable for their constituents, most of the representatives who voted for the bill often echo a line that Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan, Secretary of Health and Human Services Tom Price, and Trump have repeatedly used, that the ACA is in a so-called death spiral that will inevitably explode. So they will need to pass a bill, no matter how terrible, before it does. That narrative, that narrative is patently false. In fact, most of the instability driving up premiums in the marketplace can be directly traced to Republican efforts to undermine the health care law for their own political purposes. Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio, for example, was among the first to land a blow. In 2014, he proudly led a successful effort to cut funding for the Risk Corridor program. Rubio called the payments made from these funds a bailout for insurers, but in fact, the program was an integral backstop to help control premiums as insurance companies in the marketplace adjusted to a new population they were covering. The consequence of that ploy to score political points was that some insurers left the marketplace and many American premiums went up. Since Trump took office in January, these kinds of sneak attacks on the law have accelerated. During the final week of the open enrollment period, when consumers can sign up for the marketplace health care plan and, or choose a new one, Trump officials within the Department of Health and Human Services decided to cancel advertising and outreach for the healthcare.gov website. That decision came despite the fact that it is well documented that a younger, healthier enrollees tend to sign up at the last minute. It was a transparent effort to damage the stability of the health insurance marketplace and create the illusion that demand was decreasing. This is who they are, ladies and gentlemen, and I know you know it. They suck. They hate you. They hate America. And they hate this country, and they want you dead. Am I being hyperbolic? No. Know them by their fruits. 35,000 American 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 Great. Are we back? Son of a bitch. Are we back? Are we back? It just went boom, boom. Are we back? Can you see me? Can you hear me? It just went boom, boom. Okay, we're back. I don't know. Every now and then... It just, this fucking computer, I don't know, the computer's pretty new. All of a sudden, it just like, boom. I can hear it in my headset. And I'm like, great. I'm glad everything went back to normal. Because last time, it went and we didn't have audio. So, I guess we're back. Let me see. 
I'm ejecting some of these external hard drives. So it doesn't bother us. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it's a speed memory thing, I think. I don't know. It, I don't know which, what does it, what triggers it. If I did, I would do something to fix it. Input-output driver glitch. Hmm, what does that mean, Daniel? Hmm. I mean, I sounded... I, uh, I, I ejected the external hard drives that I had. Hmm, I don't know. I l sounded like a laser lock on a CD player. Hmm. Didn't sound like that to me. It just goes dead in my headset. And then I looked at myself and it was frozen. And I was like this. So I never get frozen in a nice thing. Like, you know what I mean? I'm always like this. <laughs> I don't. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is Terror Buster for you. We do what we can. We do it anyway. It could be the goddamn eCam. There's many bugs in the eCam that annoy me. One day I'll figure out another program. And you heard a weird echoing. Hmm. All right. Well, we're back. That was just our moment of psychedelia. I like to bring a little bit of psychedelics into the show every now and then. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I did. I certainly enjoyed it. I was like, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. It was just a minute of out-of-body experiencing. We're back, though. All right. Where are we? I was just reading about what they did. I don't know when it crapped out, but getting we'll get to the end of the article. I was reading about how the Republicans destroyed Obamacare. Um, written by a health insurance CEO, a former health insurance CEO, Mario Molina, J. Mario Molina. When confronted with the dire projections about how their bill would make insurance unaffordable for their constituents, and this is where we left off, uh, most of the representatives who voted for the bill often echo a line that Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan and... Uh, Pence and uh, Health and Human Services Tom Price and Trump have used repeatedly that the Affordable Care Act is in a death spiral and that they need to pass a bill no matter how terrible before it explodes. The narrative is patently false. In fact, most of the instability driving up premiums in the marketplace can be directly traced to Republican efforts to undermine the health care law for their own political purposes. Okay, Marco Rubio, we got to that. That's, he is the period end of sentence person who destroyed the uh, risk corridors and made health insurance more important, um, more important, more expensive. And this is why I can't stand the corporate media. 
They never say anything about it. Even in this interview with Alex Azar or whatever, why wouldn't Jake Tapper say something like that? Instead of letting him go on and on and tell us all about access to affordable health care again and again and again and how Republicans will always bring you, protect your pre-existing conditions over and over. How many times you got to say that? Why couldn't Jake Tapper earn his million-dollar salary and plus million-dollar-plus salary and, and, and put it together? Put the pieces of the puzzle together for the American people. Say, well, you know, Marco Rubio destroyed the risk corridor programs. And if you're talking about risk corridors, this is, we, this is what they have tried to do in the past. Not just the risk corridors, but the, for um, the, uh, what do they call it? I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong name now. With people, high risk pools. That's, yeah. High risk pools. Like, so according to Republicans, if you get cancer, if you get some catastrophic illness, you're supposed to then transfer into another system that everybody's in that's sick. They make absolutely no sense. Now, we know that the reason that they have to come up with all kinds of bullshit, complicated plans is specifically and solely, and I'm talking to Democrats too, because they need to keep the for-profit health insurance racket in power and sucking profit from our miseries. We got one-page plan for you. Everybody in, nobody out. Boom. Extend the Medicaid eligibility age to negative nine months. Period, end of sentence. You know how Republicans hate long, complicated bills. Remember how many pages Obamacare was? Oh, it's like 100,000 pages. I can't read. Well, this doesn't have to be more than a page. It could be a paragraph. So since Trump took office in January, this was years ago, these kinds of sneak attacks on the law have accelerated during the final week of the open enrollment period when consumers can sign up for marketplace health care plans. Oh, I already read this. Or choose one. The Trump officials within the, the department decided to cancel advertising outreach. That decision came despite the fact that it is well documented not despite, it became be- it came because of. It's well documented that younger, healthier enrollees tend to sign up last minute. That's why they did it. Perhaps the most drastic way that the Trump administration is sabotaging Americans' health insurance is by refusing to commit to reimbursing health plans for the cost-sharing reduction payments they make to lower out-of-pocket costs for their lowest-income members, Insurance companies are currently in the process of determining their rates for 2018. And without a guarantee from the administration, they will receive the payments that they are owed. They factor that added cost into your premiums for next year. And you don't have to take my word for it. The Kaiser Family Foundation estimates that insurers will need to raise premiums for silver level 
plans an average of 19% to compensate for the administration uh, uh, for it not committing to making cost-sharing reduction payments. That's what they're doing on purpose. One common thread in all these efforts is that the Americans who purchase their health through the individual markets are harmed, not insurance companies. The administration and Republicans in Congress want you to believe that insurance ra- insurers raising premiums for their plans or exiting the marketplaces altogether are consequences of the design of the ACA instead of, instead of the direct result of their own actions to sabotage the law. Don't let them fool you. If you think Obamacare is failing, I have one simple message for you. Open your eyes and stop being the emperor who has no clothes. Well, that's like asking fish not to swim when it comes to Republicans. And look at this picture on the article. Remember this? When they all celebrated. Had a party. Big ass party. Stealing health. When they, when they uh, repealed the House. When the Republican House repealed the ACA. And they had a big party. Smacking each other on the back. Slapping each other on the ass. Yeah. Look, there's Louis Gohmert. There's Steve Scalise, who loves when Americans die. There's Mike Pence, thinking of all the blood and death. There's Kevin McCarthy. He's laughing, thinking about all those Americans who have cancer. And now they're going to have to go on GoFundMe. And there's Paul Ryan. He's laughing because he's been dreaming since college of Americans needlessly dying without health care. And he wants to make sure more Americans who have pre-existing conditions or any condition, whether you maybe, you know what he's laughing at? He's thinking about the young couple with a young child and they just got a call from the doctor and they're saying, oh, Tommy has leukemia. And he's laughing. Paul Ryan is laughing because he knows that that family is going bankrupt because they have to, they'll do anything to save their son's life. But he's laughing. And then he's going to, he, he just knows the broken family in 10 years when the husband is jobless and they're bankrupt and the kid is goddamn hopefully I don't know I don't want to maybe the kid died so the mother has alcoholism and they're the whole the family cracks up they'll never be the same that's what Paul Ryan's laughing because he's hoping that the father he gets so desperate and and so despondent that he's one of the casualties of death by despair that's what he's laughing at. And look, there they are. Who's this guy? He looks familiar. What's his name? Is that? Wait, this is Kevin McCarthy. This is some, they all look like a, oh, there's Louis Gohmert. Right, yes. 
who's this dumb bitch? All of them. And during this meeting, I remember some guy was insider trading. That's another thing that we know. They're all gross. All of them. Look at all these white faces. All these pasty white motherfuckers. Disgusting. Not a worthy human being in the bunch. Look at him. And there's Joe Biden's friends. Look at them all. They're all, hey, good guys. I can work with them. All the ones... I love working with people who laugh when Americans needlessly die without health care. I just love it. I can work with the party that throws a party when they kick millions of Americans off of health care. That's who I am. God help us. God help us, all of us. Whoops, I hit the wrong button. Oh my God, it's 11.12. I guess I'll go. I have one more thing I wanted to... I can't believe how fast the show goes. I cannot believe it. I want to show every day. Will you become a patron, please? So I can do that? Would you like a show every day? Maybe we'll do one anyway. But I need patrons. We need a patron. Be a patron. I need somebody to become a patron tonight. $2 patron. Why not? If I don't get an email in the morning that says, Tara, you have a new patron, which I get emails when I get new patrons from Patreon, I'm not doing a show tomorrow. <laughs> it's coming there. It's got to go to that. We have to start threatening you to become a patron To Holy shit. I'm looking at my email. Did I get a patron? Ah. No, I just got an email. Not a patron. From a patron. How? Wendy is listening to the show. Talking, this is when, oh, I'm so sorry. She says... Because it came up in the chat, this is my beautiful baby, Pascal. He died in August, August 19th, 2020, literally to the day of the death of my partner's mother. Cats. They always want to upstage you. Well, thank you. Aw, what a beautiful... Let me show you. Beautiful. Little kitty. Wendy, thank you for sharing. Is that a Maine Coon? That is a gorgeous cat. I love all animals. Won't animals be our friends? 
That that's a person. Come on. Look at that. Look at those paws, those legs. That's gorgeous. Oh boy, animals. Why can't why can't I find those kittens? Please, kittens. Come out to play. Maybe that's how I have to get them. Kittens. Like warriors. <laughs> that's how I'll show up. Come out to play. Kittens. That is a gorgeous cat. Thank you for sharing. And I'm really glad that you're in the chat. I hope you're on Discord as well. Please come to our Discord community. I'll post the link. Hold on, I'll get it. I will post that link. And you can also post your pictures in our pets area and every other area. We got a lot of areas. We got areas. That's one thing I can tell you. Uh-oh. Discord isn't starting for some reason. Maybe something's wrong. We got areas on Tarabuster Discord community. Many, many, many areas. And for some reason, Discord isn't launching. I think something's broken on Discord. It happens. Let me see if I have the link here. Let's see, and I can post it. And you might have to wait to join. I'll put it in the chat. Why isn't this working? That's weird. Maybe it's my computer. I'll force quit it. And try to open again. One last thing. All right, it is, it is late. But um, you know what the stupidest thing I saw today is? And I want to thank you for being your for being patrons. Thank you all for your super chats. Thank you for sharing all your and thank you for sharing your lives with me. You make me want to keep going. And Shannon knows sometimes it ain't easy. But you know what the stupidest this is why I ask you to be patrons, all right? I just want to remind you all what how important it is to be yes shannon you have to go to discord just go there now and sign up and join the discord community what are you waiting for and okay why i ask you to be patrons because not only are we dealing with right wingers we have to deal with the so-called liberal media as well we're we're the liberal media, ladies and gentlemen. And the so-called liberal media, the corporate media, is utterly effing useless. And here's the proof. Did you see... I don't know if you saw. How would I know? I'm not in your head. Today, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. You know what's so annoying? Have you heard of, well, there's a person. <laughs> His name is Jonathan Crone. And he, f he keeps writing about Aunt Gloria. 
There's nothing more inane than the Aunt Gloria Veep steaks. The banality of Aunt Gloria's Veep steaks. Really. This is what passes for for journalism? So I was like, are you serious? I went on Twitter today because sometimes I'll just go on Twitter. Like right now, Matt Getz is a tool is trending on Twitter, and that's great. That gives you a good idea of what's happening in the world. But all day, not not the entire day, but for a large chunk of the day, Jonathan Capehart was was trending, and so was Aunt Gloria. And Aunt Gloria is somebody who Jonathan uh, Capehart goes on Joy Reid's show. I think that they're related, if I'm not wrong. I think that they might be brother and sister, now that I'm saying that. Let me see. See how that works? Is that, is, am I wrong? Hmm, yeah, I think, I think they are related. Let me see this Wikipedia. Hmm. They all suck, though. Personal life, maybe? Reed is married to Jason Reed, a documentary film editor for the Discovery Channel. Whoopie doopie. Maybe they're not related. Don't you think it would be there? Am I wrong? Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Joy Reed. That's why I'm losing patrons by the second now. I'm like, why am I being a patron of this show where she looks shit up? Jonathan Cape. Hmm. Jonathan Capehart. Born July 2nd, 1967, is an American journalist. Really? That's why I want to cry. Capehart grew up in Newark. Well, maybe they're not related. Before his work with the Washington Post and MSNBC... Capehart was a researcher on NBC's Today Show. Whoopie-doo. Subsequently, he worked for the New York Daily News. Okay. At the time of his hiring, Capehart was the youngest ever member of the newspaper's editorial board. Wow. Gotta be a real lick spittle to get that job. In 2000, he left the New York Daily News to work for Bloomberg. And he wrote speeches for Michael Bloomberg, who was a Republican. Okay? 
during Bloomberg's 2001 run for the New York City mayoralty. In 2002, he returned to New York Daily News and served as a deputy editor until 2004. In 2004, Capehart joined public relations company Hill and Knowlton as the senior vice president and senior counsel on public affairs. Shit. What about me? My, my career is off the rails. This fucking guy. He joined the staff of the Washington Post. Blah, blah, blah. In 2018, Capehart began hosting... WNYC radio show midday on WNYC. God help me. Capehart has analyzed how, in concurrence with the work of Jonathan Metzi, white identity affects state-based policymaking. Personal life. Capehart became engaged to his boyfriend of over five years, Nick Schmidt, who is the assistant uh, chief of protocol at the State Department. Oh, God. You see? Capehart and Schmidt were married by U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder. Whatever. They're the inside crowd, baby. They are the insiders. Not the... They're not the Bernie Kratz. Oh, they're the ones... He... I didn't know that he wrote for... He was uh, working for Bloomberg. Bloomberg is a Republican. He was the Republican mayor of New York. This is one thing that drives me insane. Why, during the whole Democratic primary, we never heard this. We only heard how Bernie... You know, the Bernie bros and the brown shirts, like like me. I was a Bernie bro. Uh, It's a takeover. It's like the Nazis invading Poland when you win a an election fair and square. But how the the reason I'm bringing it up is because are you this are you kidding me, Capehart? First of all, I want to cry. I got to sit here saying, please become a patron, and this fucking guy, who is. What is he bringing to the table? Here's his article. Now, we had to hear all for all during the primary, too, what Aunt Gloria thought. First of all, first Aunt Gloria was all for Biden because she, Aunt Gloria says that only a white guy can beat a white guy. Are you kidding, Aunt Gloria? You're in your 70s. You haven't been out of your neighborhood in how long? When was the last time you held a job? I'm sure you've never driven an Uber. You live in a world where, you know, you didn't have to work three uniquely American low-paying jobs. Aunt Gloria? We have to hear the Aunt Gloria, the saga. So Jonathan Capehart gets paid to write this palaver. Ridiculous. Let me see. 
Let me read some of the stupidity. You remember my Aunt Gloria? She was the one at the family barbecue in North Carolina last summer who succinctly explained why former Vice President Joe Biden should be the Democratic nominee for president. The way the system is set up now, there's so much racism that it's going to have to be an old white person to go after an old white person. Oh, thank you, Aunt Gloria. Now it's time to change your diapies. Sorry. You know, once an adult, twice a child. I didn't make the rules. They suck. I get it. Thanks, Aunt Gloria, because I remember listening to Jonathan Capehart, of course, uh, when I was hate-watching MSNBC, as he was uh, railing against Bernie and how terrible every Bernie bro was. Like, But, of course, he had no examples. But uh, anytime you disagreed with one of these corporate lickspittles who gave us Twitler to begin with, we were all uh, harassing him, I know. And he had... Uh, he was, like, dropping the mic... Telling us Aunt Gloria, it's, well, Aunt Gloria says, this is where we live, you understand? We don't get to put the, put the dots together. We don't get to bring up the fact that Marco Rubio destroyed the risk corridors while a Trump and Z lickspittle is explaining, is, is catapulting the pro propaganda while repeating his talking points that have absolutely no basis in reality. We have a journalist that sits there and says nothing and lets him do it. Doesn't bring the receipts, nothing. We don't hear anything that uh, counteracts the propaganda. Then we have a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist that has a gigantic platform going on about Aunt Gloria, his Aunt Gloria. I mean, I need a, I, I don't know, I don't really know why. Does this go on in any other country? Even at the height of the Democratic Party's freakout over Biden's chances of beating Trump. Yeah, the only reason Biden has a whiff in uh, a, a snowball's chance in hell of beating Twitler is because we have the pandemic and 120,000 dead in two months and the second great Republican the, the second Republican Great Depression in, in 100 years and 40 million people out of work and on and on and because of the the complete catastrophe that we're living under. That's why people might actually vote for Biden. There's no other reason. It's not like, oh, yay, he's my number one man. He's my favorite choice. Nobody cares. He's the three-time loser. Three, two other times the Democratic Party said, nah, no thanks. You plagiarized. Mm, nah. No thanks. Next. The freak out over Biden's chances. He is the least inspiring Republican in the race. That's, But that's the only reason he will win. Because 
Trump is such a disaster and the Republicans are such a disgusting sect of greed-centered ghouls. And the fact is, Biden is doing more for the Republican Party than he has ever done for the, Re- the, for the Democratic Party. Ever. Ever. That's for sure. He's the one legitimizing them. Giving them uh, credence and saying he's going to work with them as if they will be a thing. When he should be saying, I don't work with fascists. I don't work with people that put con men in the catbird seat of power. No. I don't work with people that have parties when they kick people off of health care. I don't ki- I don't work with people who kick people off of health care. No, I don't work with people that say my greatest moment in politics was preventing a president from fulfilling his constitutionally designated role of choosing a Supreme Court justice after two landslide elections, after he was voted in by the American people twice. Not in a squeaker, not in an electoral college squeaker, in two landslide elections. So, I don't work with those people. You know, your friend Barack? How is not just his friend Barack that was insulted? It was the entire democratic process. And these corporate Democrats insist on elevating and legitimizing this, this political party, the Republican Party, who is dedicated to destroying the grand experiment much and uh, and right along with it the american people as many americans as they can take with them <laughs> that's why i say become a patron cuz look at what we're up against oh god this shit this is journalism and gloria even at the height of the Democratic Party's freakout over Biden's chances of beating Trump and his flirtation and its flirtation with the former New York mayor, Michael Bloomberg? The Democratic Party was flirting with Michael Bloomberg? Not, not in my circle. He's talking about the corporate Dems. Yeah, they were flirting with Bloomberg because they didn't want the people getting too uppity. They don't need a real Democrat like Bernie, like the FDR Dems getting in the way. They need a Republican with a D after his name, like Michael Bloomberg, who wants to pretend to give the give the sheeple, throw them a bone, but keep the broken system attacked. So the next fascist that gets into office, and they w- and it will happen. The next Republican will be a capable Republican. He'll be more like Pence, able to control himself. He'll look good. He won't tweet. He'll say the right things. He'll strike the right tone at national tragedies. He'll pretend to get to care. 
but trust me, he will be even worse. And by the time he's done with us, this country will be done. Over, over and out. Just like at the end of the Roman Republic, they still had elections. They still had local magistrates and people had, the, they voted but they had, they, they, you know, the it wasn't a republic anymore. Do you think that they would know that, though? No. If you went back in time, they'd say, of course we're free. Of course we're a republic. That's not the emperor. That's the first citizen. That's the principus. That's where we get our word prince from. He is just the first among equals. That's what we'll have here. You'll still be able to vote for your local whatever, but everything will be entrenched. The income disparity, the upward immobility, the rich riding us all to the bank, unfettered by pesky government. That'll be it. We will be effectively an oligarchy. And that's what they want. That's what Republicans want. That's what Republicans like. Just like Putin calls himself president, we'll still have a president. Just like Xi calls himself president, these are not presidents. These are dictators. Trust me, it will happen. But Jonathan... Capehart says, yeah, the New York uh, Biden's chances of beating Trump. It's flirtation. This is the Democratic Party's flirtation with former mayor Michael Bloomberg. And Gloria resolutely stayed the course. If anything, he needs to throw his support to Biden, the retired accountant said of Bloomberg. Because you know how many people were like, yeah, Bloomberg, I'm for him. Not anywhere I knew. No no Democrats I knew. Before Super Tuesday, which is exactly what he did, after Biden won 10 of the 14 states that voted in the March 3rd primaries, this is what constitutes journalism here in the corporate states. After Biden's Super Tuesday blowout, and to... And, and to and <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. And Gloria, who cast her ballot for Biden in North Carolina, sent me an email to say, since this is an unconventional election, I think Elizabeth Warren would be a great running mate for Biden. Two months later, as the Veep speculation started heating up, she still wanted the Massachusetts senator and former presidential candidate to get the nod. She has qualifications and experience. There's a lot to restore in the world and the country. There is no time to train anyone, my aunt said of Warren. It is going to take both of them along with other qualified people to restore the country for the next generation. You know, settle down the dupes. Stop them getting so uppity. Throw a couple of subsidies at some dupes low on the ladder and keep the rest of us struggling and scraping around for the scraps. Aunt Gloria. She's really... She's got it all figured out. 
But what about African-American women? You know, because we all have to separate ourselves and, you know, keep us all divided up like a bunch of dupes fighting amongst each other for whatever scrap while the rich have the whole pie, we'll get a crumb and we'll fight over it. You know, here's a little subsidy uh, for you over here, African-American woman. Here's a subsidy for you over here, you poor white guy. Here, No subsidies over here because you are, are, you're above something. But now, instead of fighting at the top, you will be f- fighting over the crumbs. I'm going for experience. Who has the experience and is known nationally? I would love to see a black candidate, but the only thing important is beating Trump, said Aunt Gloria, unmoved by arguments like mine, that the former vice president should choose an African-American because, after all, we do need our platitudes and tokens rather than the real change that we can believe in, because real change is hard, you know, Aunt Gloria. So, a little, a couple of tokens. We'll take the tokens. We'll take the platitudes, because that's all that they, that's, that is what substitutes for policy nowadays. Tokens. You know, it's so much, it feels so much better working in a country where the, why the gap between rich and poor is wider than in the Roman Empire if there is a black vice president female. Don't you think? I don't know about you. I I want a woman, somebody with a, a X, what is it, XY? <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Double X chromosomes on the, at the top. When I am unable to retire. Or when I'm doing my GoFundMe page. Because I got diabetes or something. Or I got a catastrophic illness. I feel so much better. When there's somebody sitting in the vice president's office. That has a, a, has a double X chromosomes. Okay. And a uterus, they know, they feel my pain. They know what it's like to have period cramps. So I get it. Maybe they know what it's like to have to work three uniquely American low paying jobs. No, probably not. But at least they understand they're a woman. They, they, they get it. They get me. I'm a woman and it's great. If I can't have retirement, health care, living wages, a day off, sick pay, maternity leave, or a decent middle-class life, at least the person sitting in the vice president's office has double X chromosomes. I know. I'd rather... You are being a baby. Don't be a baby. Be a little baby. Yes, you're good. Aunt Gloria, unmoved. I went there already. Yes, yes, yes. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Warren would pull young people and Senator Sanders' supporters, Aunt Gloria says. Some of you might be asking, who the fuck is Aunt Gloria? Well, I, I left out the fuck. He said, who is Aunt Gloria? And why do you keep writing and tweeting about her? Yeah, I do say that. Because I find it inane, ridiculous, emblematic of everything that is wrong with the world. But the answer is because Aunt Gloria turned out to be a great bellwether for me. For what the diehard base of the Democratic Party and African American women were thinking. And how that group would vote. Oh, the great bellwether who now... First of all, let me just tell you... He's lying there, too. Not that he needs to lie. He wrote this bullshit article that became a tweeted, um, you know, trending hashtag. No, Aunt Gloria, according to Aunt Gloria herself and, and Jonathan Capehart himself, Aunt Gloria was couple of weeks ago saying the only thing that can heal this country is an african-american vp do you see how stupid this is so she thinks that he needed to pick um you know what's her name kamala harris because only this racist ass country can only heal with a african-american female vp we conveniently forget that now because now she's all like, I have always, I've always been for Warren or, well, that's what he says. It's, it's all just bullshit. Everything is bullshit. And come on, Aunt Gloria and your, and your stupid nephew who has absolutely no business being anywhere near corporate media mouthpiece networks that, elevate and spread his inane and utterly goddamn useless commentary. He brings nothing to the table. When you think of, really, think of, think of this show. I was going to say, think of Noam Chomsky. I'm not putting myself in that neighborhood, but Think of Noam Chomsky, what he writes about, what he brings to the table. When you read Noam Chomsky, you're getting a full picture of not just the present. He connects it to history, to historical events, to recent history, to the future, to... You're, you might actually learn something. What is the point of going over what this old fucking lady, this guy's aunt, thinks when she, what she's thinking is stupid and means nothing, is part of the problem. This goddamn identity politics. So, Aunt Gloria? Oh, we need an African-American... Vice, vice president, female vice president to heal this country. No, not living wages, not 
universal health care, universal higher education, just some fucking token. This makes me want to cry. The survey of African Americans age 18 and older shows a near even split on the question of how important is it to you, if at all, that Biden choose a vice presidential running mate who is black, a black woman? 50% say it was important. 49% say it is not important. And here we go again. Here's another thing that makes me want to pull my brain out of my ears. This poll says that. That poll says this. 59 say this. 18 say that. This is another reason the country is swirling around the bowl. If you watch corporate media, it doesn't take much to run a poll. How much... Do we have to put up with this shit? 15% say this. 20% say that. 18% say this. 39% say that. They never explain. Like during whatever it may be. Every time we talk about healthcare. 80% like this. 20% like that. 21 don't want to lose their health insurance. This one lady says nothing. Anybody says more. We say everything. It's like shut the fuck up. Why don't you explain? Instead of saying 49% say this or that, why don't you explain something? Educate. Because it's so much easier to just say 18% say that. We took a poll and they say this. And then they have Steve Kranacki come out and uh, at the big board with the polls. Oh my God, I'm going to bang my head against a pole till my head stops aching. That's a considerable tightening and swing since the last, since the question was asked in a poll in January when 72% of black running mate said a black running mate for a white Democratic presidential nominee was less important. Can you believe that poll? What a swing! And then there is a question of whom Biden shall pick. I'm already on the record saying he should choose Kamala Harris. And you could read my rationale here. Yeah, no thanks. I'd rather not knock my head against the goddamn wall until I went unconscious tonight. But Aunt Gloria's early support for Warren didn't come for much of a surprise. During her presidential campaign, Warren made a concerted effort to court black female voters. Yeah, she was like, I'll buy you bonbons, I'll take you to the dance, I'll buy you a ring, I'll give you, uh, but she didn't say, I'll give you health care, I'll give you equal wages, I'll give you universal higher education, I'll ensure that we have living wages and upward mobility by ensuring a top marginal tax rate of 90%, and I will ensure progressive taxation and that we have a country that leaves no one behind. I mean, I wouldn't do anything like that because, you know, uh, I will ensure that we have a lot of people of color. 
I don't know what color, maybe purple, maybe red, maybe pink. Uh, but there are going to be a lot of different colors in my cabinet as we lord over the least upwardly mobile country with the widest income gap of all OECD nations. Oh, God. Warren was second to Biden in support among African Americans. I have no idea why, but in a Quinnipiac poll released last September, two months later, Black Women 4, which describes itself as an organizing collective of leaders, activists, artists, writers, political strategists from across the country to fight in the fight for Black liberation, released a full-throated endorsement of Warren Ever since Warren entered her campaign in March, she and Harris, who ended her campaign in December, have been the most talked about potential running mates for Biden, like whoopee-doopee, because what else do you talk about in the corporate media except polls and who's going to be a running mate? A morning consult poll released in May. Can you believe this? Okay, this is an article. Why? 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 This is in the Washington Post. Why? Um, uh, this is why, guys. I say. I say become a patron. I say how much longer are we going to take it? We have to get to the point where this shit is sitting in its living room saying, please become a patron. And our message has a wide platform of millions of ears and eyes. Because this is the message that is the American message, that is the message that will fix this country. What he's writing about? How dare him? But he doesn't know. I guess he seems like somebody that is so up his own ass he couldn't see the forest through the trees if his goddamn life depended on it. He is so lost. He's uh, he's he's uh, he needs directions out of his own ass basically. It's like where am I? Aunt Gloria, can you hear me? Marco, Polo, Aunt Gloria? He doesn't bring anything to the table. I mean, he's got a great platform that millions of people listen to. He's on the Washington Post talking about polls and Aunt Gloria and a Veep stakes. Really? Jesus Christ. It's so pathetic. This is what constitutes journalism now here in America. This is journalism. You know, this is not the kind of journalism that gets you lured into an embassy and dismembered alive. Not anywhere near. This is the kind of journalism that gets you invited to the wine cave. That gets you access. That enables you to be like a Chuck Todd, like uh, Jake Tapper. You're 
you're the in crowd. You're the Vichy collaborators in the class war. That's what he is. But he's a person of color. I don't know what color that is. Maybe he's blue. Sometimes I feel blue. I'm a person of color. I'm a blue color. I got, I'm blue. But he's a person of color. So that gives them, that gives the Washington Post, that gives whatever he's talking about legitimacy. He's reaching out, you know, to the other people of color. I don't know why that, now that I'm saying that, it's so ridiculous. People of color. I know Daniel always writes and says, stop saying people of color. I understand. It's annoying. It's What's the difference between that and saying colored people? I guess it's people because you put people first. It's less offensive. People of color. You know what I mean? But it's still kind of people of color. I don't know. People. How about people? I know it's hard to say because well, we're talking about it and we were talking about how stupid it is just having to check off boxes what color you are, what heritage, and that's a throwback. And I know one day, not in our lifetime, maybe in our lifetime, maybe at the end of my life or something, we'll get to a point where that will, th- those forms will be looked at as, as archaic, as the archaic throwbacks to times that best left in the history in history's trash heap, but not not yet, not as far not not anytime soon. All right, a morning consult political poll released on May in May showed thirty four percent of black voters surveyed said they would be more likely to vote for Biden if Warren or Harris were on the ticket. They also received comparable support for those under 45. They won't say that, well, why? Why Warren or Harris? It's only because she's a woman or she's a woman of color. This whole um, attitude, that's what I'm here to fight against, frankly. To wake people up that, no, it's not the end of the story. Just having somebody who is a female as a running mate is not a policy. I've committed to a female running mate. Oh, wonderful. That's why Bernie was 100% right. What does this person believe in? That's your policy. That's Biden's policy. He has a female running mate. That's what that's the end of the story. Okay, we're done here. They also received comparable comparable support for those under 45, which is a major reason Aunt Gloria is pushing for Warren. I don't think this generation is gonna want my generation naming their next leader, she said. So why are we listening to you, Aunt Gloria, at all? Shut up. Go to bingo. Take a nap. She said after mentioning that the youth and the diversity of the nationwide protests against the police killing of George Floyd were guiding her thinking. And of course, being a good corporate lickspittle, 
Jonathan Capehart has to ensure that we all stay focused, that the, that the protests are solely and specifically about the police killing of George Floyd. Period. End of sentence. Do not wander into other territory like this class war or start thinking that racial justice is actually economic justice. Don't go nuts here. Remember, police killing of George Floyd. Boom. Not that that's the spark that lit the tinderbox, but it is sort of like having a VP who is a female. That's the policy. I have two relatively minor concerns when it comes to Warren. At 71 years old, she is a more contemporary of Biden than a bridge or the next generation of leaders. Here we go again. What does she believe in? What is she legitimate or is she full of shit? Oh, no, she's a 71-year-old woman. That's the policy. The former vice president talked about in March as Harris, Senator Cory Booker, and Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer stood behind him. Also, if a Biden-Warren ticket were to win, the Republican governor of Massachusetts would appoint Warren's replacement. That person would be in the seat until a special election is held 145 days after Warren submits her letter of resignation. And there is no guarantee then a Democrat would win the seat back. See Scott Brown in 2010. Well, let's remember that Scott Brown got in there because Obama was such a, a Republican that people were sick of his shit at the time. They were very dis... Um, what's the word? They were, they were demoralized because Obama put... Social Security on the table and took the public option off the table in the first 90 days of his presidency because he was trying to get Republicans to be his team of rivals. My my team of I got your team of rivals right here. With the Senate now in play, it's hard to imagine buying it or Senate minority leader Charles Schumer doing anything that can hurt the chances of the Democratic majority. With all the talk that Biden must choose a woman of color, and a black woman in particular, is there a distinct possibility that the former vice president will choose a white woman to be his running mate? I mean, could, really? Could a white woman be his policy? Or maybe a black woman. I don't know. Are we radical? We're going to have a, a black woman as a policy or a white woman as a policy. I don't know. And everything from the polls of black voters to Aunt Gloria makes two things clear. A white female running mate for Biden is not acceptable. And that the white woman most favored by African Americans is Warren. Boom! Drop the mic, Jonathan. You are really on fire. Update 10:40 a.m. Twitter follower Tiffany330 at Tiffany330 pointed something out that I completely forgot. On June 1st, I sent out a tweet alerting everyone to the fact 
that Gloria, Aunt Gloria, to me, has switched her VP pick from Warren to Harris. Oh, my God. So you mean my entire article was uh, based on bullshit? I forgot. Oh, my God. Yes, you're right. I have my, not only do I have my, my own head up my own ass, but my head is also up Aunt Gloria's ass so much that I continuously tweet and write about her and talk about her on the corporate media mouthpiece networks, but I forgot. Isn't that weird? When I was writing this whole article and then Twitter user, some Twitter user... Tiff at Tiffy 330 pointed it out. I couldn't remember myself, but I conveniently chose to forget because it didn't fit into this disingenuous article of polls and Aunt Gloria's ridiculous musings that I turned into a nice payday for myself with the Washington Post. Um, hello. Uh, alerting everyone to the fact that Aunt Gloria had switched her VP pick from Warren to Harris. It's funny, too, because I, I remembered that, too. I'm, not, I'm kind of an Aunt Gloria... I kind of, like, hate watch. Like, I hate watch MSNBC. I don't hate Aunt Gloria. I just hate Jonathan Capehart's take on Aunt Gloria and the entire ridiculous way that Aunt Gloria... Em is emblematic of how broken the system is and how frustrating it is dealing with people who can't see the forest through the trees because their heads up their own asses. Well, not only that, their heads are up their own asses in a wine cave, too. And, and that wine cave is like, it's, it's sort of like the top of the rock in... Uh, in the ivory tower. So it's really, you're in a funhouse mirror of wine cave access, corporate media. It's like you're, you're at a point so much with this broken ass system where you're looking. It's like when you go to a funhouse and you're looking at yourself and you keep seeing yourself looking in a mirror, looking in a mirror, looking in a mirror until you're looking in the back of your own head that's what it feels like. So, so anyway, I remembered. That's why I, I knew, I was like, this guy is so full of shit on every single level. He's not even being forthcoming in this article. He just wasted everyone's time. And then he was like, oh, wait, Aunt Gloria... It was pointed out by follower, Twitter follower at Tiffy330. I forgot, though, that I sent out a tweet alerting everyone to the fact that Aunt Gloria had switched from Warren to Harris. <laughs> Never mind. It's like that whole Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. Never mind. Or, well, yeah, that was like from, uh, was that Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana? No, that was Emily Latella. Never mind. What's all this about violins in school? 
I like violins in school. All kids should have violins in school. She goes on a whole thing, and they're like, um, Emily, that's violence in school. Oh, never mind. In an email to me on May, tw on May 31st, reacting to the Black Lives Matter protests, Aunt Gloria, who is now going by the name of... <laughs> Kunta Aunt Gloria, wrote, because she's getting in touch with her... Her, her, her roots. After what happened this weekend, the only way to unite the country is to have a person of color as the VP candidate, Kamala Harris. May This may be the only way to start healing. The pain is real. Oh, Aunt Gloria, isn't that great that she has her finger on the pulse of platitudes and tokens that will heal the country? <laughs> Platitudes and tokens we can believe in, Black ma Lives Matter, Gloria. Power to the platitudes. By the time I started writing a full column about her switch, Aunt Gloria had switched back. Shit, Aunt Gloria. Hey, you're giving me whiplash over here. I just cannot go with Harris. That would be like passing the torch, my aunt explained. Maybe your aunt is crying out for help. She sounds like she needs a rest. What is going on is so diverse. I don't think this generation is going to want my generation naming their next leader. I have to go with Warren. Does this make any sense? No, it doesn't. So Warren's too old, but you don't want generation telling your generation... So, gotta get somebody younger and blacker, like Kamala Harris, so, but forget it. Let's go back to Warren. The stupid thing. Aunt Gloria! I have to go with Warren! <laughs> this is an article in the Washington Post everyone, ladies and gentlemen. In a follow-up email, young people, she said, young people want to pick their own candidate, noting that her 40-year-old cousin and her cousin's friends don't like Harris. Oh, well, that settles it. Two people. In short, Aunt Gloria is listening to the next generation in her life. I stopped writing. If only... A week later, the latest post-Ipsos poll. Oh, my God. On African-American voters and others on the vice president question highlighting Warren showed that Aunt Gloria's original position was where black voters appear to be. So I wrote the column. I should have included her brief, brief flirtation with Harris. Okay, all right, bitches. You calling me out as VP in this piece. Well, that's journalism for you, Jonathan Capehart. That's how a real journalism acts. <laughs> that's real journalism you can believe in. Excuse me. I forgot. I chalk it up 
to my very own human error. We, yes, we understand. We are all far too human. But as FDR says, governments can err. Like humans. Let's see, what else does he say? <laughs> Presidents do make mistakes. Governments can err, but the immortal Dante tells us that divine justice weighs the sin of the cold-blooded and the sins of the warm-hearted in different scales. Better the occasional faults of a government that lives in a spirit of charity and picks a woman vice president than the constant omissions of a government frozen in the ice of income inequality and upward immobility and doesn't pick a, uh, a woman. Right? Something like that. Look at my junior here, though. As we say goodnight. It's after midnight. Can you believe it? That's a four and twelve minute terror buster. And I have... Many of you have been for the entire ride. And I can't believe it. A lot of people have <laughs> signed off. As I will be signing off right now, before I let you look at Tara Jr. one last time. Look at him. Look at this cat. Yes, I'm wearing shorts. Look. Oh, did I hurt you? Look at this cat. Look at this cat. Oh, he's biting me. He's being a meanie. <laughs> You're biting me. That's not nice. All right, now you're not being funny anymore. <laughs> He's like, he doesn't know if he wants to bite or lick. There you go. Good boy. All right, guys, that was great. We had fun. You talked me off the ledge. I feel better. Thank you for your super chats. Keep them coming. If I get um, a new patron overnight... I will do a show tomorrow. How's that? If I don't, I won't do a show tomorrow. What do you think of that? Thank you, another Patricia. Thank you for your super chats. Maybe you don't want a show. That's all I have to say. Maybe nobody wants a show tomorrow. We'll have to find out tomorrow. All right, guys. It's a new Tarathon time record. Yes, Haiku. I think it is. Four hours and 14 minutes. <laughs> All right. Get down. We'll see what happens. You don't have to be a... I'm not asking for a $100 patron. I'm saying any patron. We're talking $2 a month. We're talking whatever a month. 
what is two dollars a month for how many shows how many hours that's a lot of show that's a lot of hanging out so go to patreon.com slash tara devlin and let's see what happens if you want show me that's why i gotta play and then you know what we're gonna do I will get to the point. We will do patron-only shows. Yes, we will. Maybe we'll do half a show, and then the other half will be patrons. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. I have to figure out how to do it, though. As <laughs> soon as I figure that out, forget it. It's coming. All right, guys, I need to get unconscious. I think you do, too. And in the meantime, become a patron. All it takes is a dollar and a dream. I know. You guys are already patrons, though. That's why I'm not having high hopes for tomorrow's show. <laughs> not that high hopes. All right, guys, thank you so much for everything and please share the show with your friends tell your friends about Tara Buster and we do need about a thousand more patrons and then we will have a daily show no matter what that's how it goes because we do need to get this word out it's the truth that's how we're going to win that's how we will advance our democratic. What is this? Lee Camp and Eleanor Greenfield say Sunday is a better podcast day than Saturday. Just FYI. What do you want me to do? What everything that Lee Camp and Eleanor Greenfield say? I have to rest. Sunday and Friday. They say. Because they say, where's their numbers? Where's their, give me the receipts. <laughs> oh, Lee Camp and Eleanor Greenfield say Sunday is the best. Okay. Let me do change my whole life now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. FYI. Just an FYI. Well, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're talking about. Give me the... Show me. Show me the stats. They say something. I don't change my whole life because two people I barely know said something. Anyway. Well, become a patron anyway. and Just leave it at that. At patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. In the meantime, I got to get unconscious. I can't believe how late it is. Why am I up? Why am I not unconscious already? You know what I mean? You guys are great. Thank you. I'm telling you, though. We, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, like, over dramatic. But the, it is true. Without a liberal media, we're done. We need this show. We need a show. We need shows like it. We do. We do. Because, goddammit, 
Yeah, they were, you're right. I am on Sundays. Progressive Voices. God damn it. I'm not on live, but I am. Thank you all for being, I don't know, for giving me hope. I would have less hope. Not that I have a lot of hope, but I would have less of it without you guys. I know that if we found each other, I know there were many more like us out there that need to hear the message of Tara Buster that we are on the right side of history, that we are the progressives. I mean, we are the patriots. Progressives are the patriots. And that's what I'm trying to do with this show. To spread that, the truth, that we created this country. Progressives created this country, and we will fix it and save it from the likes of conservatives again, because we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. We're on the right side of decency. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out for this marathon session. We stick together. We win. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And if you do, I will see you tomorrow night.